everybody, and welcome to episode 288 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Roland Rawhide Raparas. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the West with me? Uh, Christopher Illis Bruto. Bruto. <laughs> Antista. Wait, did I get Illis my good Bruto? <laughs> Italian? <laughs> I was trying to do a good, the bad, and the ugly reference, but uh, spaghetti uh, western. Yeah, enjoy. Mad dog Matthew Allen. Ding, ding. And I'm uh, uh, I'm Stone Cold S- Scott Butterworth. Yeah. Special guest, <laughs> Stone Cold Scott Butterworth. See, I thought it was a wrestling what? theme. What? It's and a, that's the bottom but, line. But it's a cowboy theme. I didn't get the memo. I'm from Texas, jackass. It's always a cowboy theme, really. Uh, you guys couldn't see this because it's a podcast, but I current I'm currently slamming together two beers and then pouring them down my throat. My Two. God, he's here! He's here! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! I'm very impressed. It would work way better if this was a visual medium, but you know, just just yeah. picture it in your minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, just, hey guys, let let, let your imagination. Thanks for having me back on. No, thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. time I was here, I just lost a job. And now you've can you can you talk a little bit? I, about I think so. Yeah, I actually did get a new gig, which starts next week. I'll be working Woo! at Two K. We're doing a oh, PR communications at Two K, which is very exciting. I really like Two K a lot. I've been playing Civilization literally my entire life. Like I remember mm-hmm. playing Civ One with my dad on like an Apple II or whatever the fuck we owned. Uh, very excited to be a Two K. Civilization, I'll, I'll be right here. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> calling back to what? last episode. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. But anyway, what about this episode, guys? Oh, man. Can I tell you an embarrassing story about uh, I encourage you to tell me an embarrassing story. Uh, so I, I was interviewing there once, and uh, I found out in the midst of the interview that, like, oh, the job is, like, they, they want someone who really knows civilization really well. It's going to be the, the civilization com dev. I'm like, yeah, I play a lot of civilization. Sure, yes, I know civilization pretty well. And, like, uh, and I and I said, like, so there was an expansion, I think, for five, where it was like a sci-fi one. I forget what it's called. It shows my breadth of knowledge. Was right this here. the one where they went to space? Yes. Yeah, uh, there was a space that colonization. That was a standalone expansion. game, I think. I don't think it was just an expansion. Mm. I, I, do, I know what you're talking about. Oh, God. What is, what is yeah, that Yeah, I think called? that was actually it's, a spinoff. It's it wasn't, not Alpha Centauri. No, because that was like Civ Three. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I might actually have Sifty Civilization wrong. Beyond Earth. Yeah, there yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I said, like, oh, I'm really looking forward to Beyond Earth. And the guy's like, what are you looking forward to about it? And I hadn't actually, like, read any previews about it. <laughs> you just knew it was happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was happening. It's like, yeah, more Civilization. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm up for that. And, like, uh, space? Taking <laughs> one more turn? Yeah. He's like, all right, yeah, let's move on. Oh, no. <laughs> For whatever reason, when you said space just now, I immediate, my mind immediately flashed to the end of Portal 2, where, like, one of the yeah. eyeballs is floating through space going, space. I'm in space. <laughs> I'm in space. space. You should have just been, like, a space Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we've all been there, though. I can kind of top that. I mean, not really, but... I got asked in an interview one time for back when I was living in Austin, I was interviewing for like a community management position. So you really got to give a shit about the company for that kind Mm -hmm. of job. And they literally asked, why do you want to work here? And I was like, oh, I haven't really thought about that enough to have a good answer. I just need a job. I didn't say that, but that was what was going through my mind. (laughs) And I just fumbled through some like, oh, well, you know, you guys make video games and um, uh, like um. Austin's great, and um, they, I'll, I'll go now. Were you interviewing I, I was Rick? I was hoping you guys <laughs> would co-develop a little project with me called uh, Rent. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> my best Norm Macdonald. I know. Were you interviewing as Norm Macdonald? <laughs> that was actually a pretty spot on Norm Macdonald. <laughs> but yeah, I think we've, we've had probably, a lot of practice. We've probably all blown an interview or two in our lives. It just kind of happens after you've been, you know, been forced to apply for jobs for so many literally years. Literally only interviewed for one job ever while I still had a job, and I could not have been more confident because I didn't care, and I got it. Uh, everything nice. else I've blown because I was desperate. <laughs> it's definitely uh, easy to be good at a job interview when you know you don't need the job. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like let, let me ask you: Does this job offer sam- sandwiches? Or, I'm starving. <laughs> I'm so hungry. That was the dumb. I think the dumbest thing I said in a phone interview was like, "Yeah, I tend to like uh, exclaim that I hate things a lot." <laughs> <laughs> Is that a problem? Or, or, or like, yeah, like if I if I run across like something egregious in in an article, I'll, I'll say like, "Oh my god, look at this!" It's like, yeah, don't do that. I tend to express my rage in unconstructive and aggressive ways. <laughs> exactly. Is that going to be a problem? And then you look back on it like, why on earth would I say that? <laughs> Was I insane? Yeah. Just too, I just, see a you're kind so of women and children. I'm as, I assume they're coming from my house. <laughs> <laughs> He's too forthcoming, too honest. That's the problem. I guess so, yeah. Oh, but this show is not about job interviews, strangely enough. It's about, in large part, Red Dead Redemption 2, which <laughs> three-fourths of us have been playing the shit out of over the last few days. Which, uh, let's be honest, feels like a job interview sometimes. <laughs> uh, Fire. And, and playing the shit out of it. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I wish I could say I was playing the shit out of it because sometimes I'm learning the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, we got like thoughts. There, we got yeah, thoughts. we have thoughts. <laughs> there is a lot that it keeps from you. It keeps its cards close to the chest, you might say. Hey, uh, hey, uh, poker, poker reference. Yeah, hey. But I mean, one of the the earliest complaints, like just Friday night, looking at Twitter, uh, people saying like this opening is slow as molasses. Like people saying like this this is opening really slow. Like a friend of mine said that he just stopped playing it, gave up on it, and, and went back to other games. Because, wow. like, yeah, no, I'm, this is too slow for me. I'm done with How, how nice games. of them to revive an expression we haven't used in over 100 years <laughs> to talk about the Wild West game. <laughs> slow as molasses! <laughs> Chronologically appropriate there. I appreciate what you're going for, Michael. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody, I don't know anybody who's given up on it, but I've certainly yeah. heard that refrain from quite a few people of, it's too slow, why is this taking so long <laughs> yeah. to get anywhere? I mean, from what I understand, and I'm the, okay, for full disclosure, the only person on this podcast who has not been playing it. But from what I understand, it's it's kind of it's the kind of experience you have to just give yourself over to and just inhabit the character mm-hmm. and immerse yourself in the world and be okay with not really doing much of anything for about ten hours. Yeah, the way I described it to Diana right before we first started recording, I said it's the type of game that dares you to like it and challenges you to like it. And it's like, no, you're going to have to earn this. If you really want to like this game, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you, uh, you've got to dedicate some time and uh, there's a bit of a learning curve. you got to earn it. It's a very open world game in that it wants you to spend a lot of time exploring its world. It's not about like, okay, quick progress. Here's story beats one after another. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah, I still think I would knock this game. If I was reviewing the game, I would knock it a point on its progression and systems yeah, pacing is an um, important part of any video game experience yep. and i mean it sounds like this pacing doesn't work for a lot of people it sounds like it was a yeah. very deliberate choice by the creators they yeah. probably mm-hmm. were well aware that this complaint was going to come but it's interesting how universal uh this sort of this complaint has been yeah. and you just you just can it, it's all very intentional you know it's not a fucking accident so I, i'm assuming it's leading to something but i still feel like i haven't opened up the game after I think it claims I'm 15% through the game. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. like 21%. I'm, I'm at about 40. Well, there's there's wow. two indicators. There's 
there's the one next to your save file that I think is percent through the game, and then there's an indicator mm-hmm. progress through the story mode. Mm-hmm. And so the Got one it. near my save, as, as I think through the game, I'm at 39, 40%. So Chris, you're, you're right above yeah. me there. But um, yeah, it, this this game, I, I, do, I do think it's an intentional choice, and I do think they did it. It's almost like you're... This is more of a cowboy simulator mm-hmm. than than a cowboy game, right? And it's so it's very intentional. Like life back then moved at a slower pace, and everything did. Right. And, and I think everything they're doing here is very intentionally meant to do that. It's meant to slow you down, yeah, yeah. And and they want you to drink in and soak up this game. And we are taking a very long time getting to the actual premise of this show. Which yeah, because <laughs> here's the thing: when I when talk I about Red Dead? when I read that slow as molasses complaint, my immediate th- knee jerk thought was like. Yes, you're right to do that, because nothing good ever starts out slow. You can generally tell if you're going to like a piece of entertainment within the first five minutes. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, of course, being sarcastic. Jesus Christ. Right. We all saw no, those I, I commercials. Know, I, I, I know. It, and and my, my, my issue with the game isn't so much with the pacing, because even when the pacing is slow, there is always some visual or narrative element to Marvel app. Like, I've never seen this happen in a game before. Mm. Uh, but there is, I think overly indulgent systems in place that only egomaniacs like the Housers would allow into their fucking game. And <laughs> I do think that's a fair criticism. And if I was about to give this a 10, I would have knocked it down a full fucking point for revitalizing systems everyone hated in Grand Theft Auto that they added here. Mm. And they, they, they've taken out of the last two Grand Theft Autos and then added it back in here. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit dirty. People won't respect you. <laughs> Yourself. Did you? Uh, like, well, if I can no. continue with the introduction. No, I want to talk about Red Dead. <laughs> as, as people I want to talk about Red Dead. Uh, yes, the, as people the, will discover, it's only appropriate that it's taking forever. Yes, because... the nothing good is ever worth waiting for. Uh, led me to think about five other games that took a long time to get off the ground before they got really good, but yet still managed to be great in spite of that, or at least a lot of people thought they were great. So what are the top five games that are slow to start, basically? Yes. Slow starters, yeah. yeah. Late bloomers, slow starmer, starters. Uh, mm-hmm. Late bloomers, yeah. not bad. Yeah. Although that sounds like, oh yeah, this this franchise was trash until they hit this one game, and that made <laughs> yeah. it good again. Yeah. This franchise didn't fuck till college. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, yes, we will get into these five games that are not Red Dead Redemption right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. You mean, like... Though we're pretty much in the same geographic area, I mean, uh, depending on like what type of damage was done, there'd be like one neighborhood that had power and one that yeah. didn't. We're on this like neighborhood Facebook group, and that like you start to see people get power, and some people don't, and some people they're just they just want to know if there's been any progress. Mm-hmm. They're not like harassing anybody or complaining necessarily, yeah. but and I feel like this is sort of like a southern thing, like where this like uh, virtue signaling happens, mm-hmm. where people are like. Well, you've only been without power for three days. Go outside. Talk to your neighbors. Blah 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 blah. And it's Awful. It, it's it's so <laughs> annoying because I'm like, hey, I didn't. I'm not going over to Bay County and bitching about how I don't have power right. when somebody's house just got destroyed. We just wanted to know if there was like any update. And and it's also like I don't want to talk to my neighbors. My neighbor is an asshole. I don't want to go over there and <laughs> talk with him. And so yeah, my it's, neighbors. Are, actually, the thing that brought me outside, and this is my one of my biggest dad moments. I was so bored. I'm in here like from my yeah. window watching. 
have nothing to watch but the fucking hurricane. Like, my dad mode came out like, well, better go clear some brush. See if the neighbors need any help. And, like, the first thing that brought me out of the house, like, I main on the left, is I'm looking across the street and, like, the house across the street is, like, clearly, a, my neighbor actually explained it to me, like, a dipshit college kid who was given too nice a house to live in while in college <laughs> um, in a neighborhood of mostly working people. Right. And it's there's always, like, a ton of cars there. And, like, those people clearly, like, fucking left... Well, garbage men come in two days. I'll just put my trash out. Oh, I got blown in over. In a hurricane? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? So, like, the first thing that happens is, like, this this <laughs> trash can tips over. I'm like, my win- this is the only screen I have, my window. And my cat and I are just sitting there like, oh, that trash can. It tipped over. It, there are bush cans everywhere. What do I do? Uh, my cat's like, and I'm literally talking to my cat now. You know what, bitch? If you don't go out there and rescue those cans, nobody will. So I'm out there, like, picking up cans in the fucking hurricane. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Uh, the top uh, five slow-starting games. Yes, thank you for remembering that after such a long, what I'm presuming is a very long break. Maybe a several hour break. break. Filled with uh, cigarette vapor ads. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do we have those? I hear those are profitable. Yes, and no, no, no podcast ads are profitable. Keep your real job. <laughs> Never. I assure you. Um, all right. Well, let's jump in with... Number five. V has come to. V has come too. Wait, is that what your modem sounded like? Because that is not what my... I didn't know it was the news segment. Yeah, news. <laughs> uh, this is Metal Gear Solid Five or V. Oh, a game I've never truly experienced because I can't get past even the fucking demo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the the demo is like a different game. Actually, that's Ground that's Zeros. a great point. If if you include Ground Zeroes, yeah, this this game ranks really highly. On the Are list. we including Ground Zeroes? Oh, because I, yeah, if you include that, I, it's I, really I, slow. Did we set the, did we set up I'm how we're ranking? Say, okay, yeah. Okay. So I, I will I will say these games on this top five list are ranked not in terms of quality, but in the amount of time that they make you wait oh, before brilliant. they really open up. And in that's Metal Gear awesome. Solid Five's case, it is maybe a little over an hour, about an hour and a half. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that, if I can just say off the off the top, my frustration with this is that um, my work takes me late into the night. I tend to have an hour, ninety minutes to play a game. Mm-hmm. When you're excited to start a new game and you cannot do that in a single night, I get really frustrated. Like it's just an adult thing I'm having to deal with. I don't have all day to get started with a game. Nah, man, and I've tried it with Metal Gear mm-hmm. Five like three times, and just like you didn't start. I went to bed. I didn't play again the next night, and I forgot you existed. <laughs> there are games that I literally put off playing for years for this exact reason. I was like, I'm just yeah. gonna wait until I have the, the, a full weekend to devote to this game. Like, I yeah. want to be able to really experience it, and like, and just the opportunity never came. I actually didn't play Last of Us for over a year, wow. yeah, because wow. I was waiting for the right time to really yeah. enjoy. Because I knew it was going to be the kind of game that I would enjoy, I'll but I wanted it. to be able to enjoy it properly, like not an hour at a time. Mm. There was a couple Telltale yeah. games I did that with. Yeah, <laughs> you're not alone, man. <laughs> not really, before I worked at Telltale, I would always wait till all five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. out because yeah. I wanted to just binge the the whole thing so yeah yeah, yeah. There, there is a special certain series 
where it's like, I know I have to clear off five hours because the first three will be teaching me how to play it, yeah. and I want to be able to play it to know that I want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I need five hours. Uh, but actually, like this game, it didn't... It sort of taught you how to play it. There were some tutorial elements in this mm-hmm. intro, but a lot of what you, you wow. do and see in the intro doesn't apply the do entire again. rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, annoying. For example, when you start out, you are when you first have control in Metal Gear Solid Five, you are lying in a hospital bed. You are only able to move your eye <laughs> and watch a nurse blurrily for like a couple minutes as she just goes about her duties in the room. And finally, you wake up enough to let them know that you're awake and uh, a, d- a helpful doctor comes and starts explaining your situation to you. You've been in a coma for quite some time. Yes, yes, I know you would like to know how long. I'm afraid it's been nine years. And it'll be another nine before you're able before to you fully can control enjoy this game. <laughs> now, um, Hope you like David Bowie. You're yeah. be hearing a well, lot. Actually, <laughs> that's that's mid-year's cover of The Man Who Sold the World that begins the game. Um, but, yeah, that, you, hope you like David Bowie references, put it that way. Sure. <laughs> or... I know when to go out. Moby Dick references, for that matter. Who are you? Who am I? You're talking to yourself. Been watching over you for nine years. You can call me Ishmael. <laughs> oh. oh my god, now knowing the ending of that game, this is blowing my mind. Because, yeah, I didn't yeah. go back to play through this fucking segment, mm. so... Uh, yeah, man. so this this part, which... The, yeah, I've pl- played through it probably three or four times. It is unskippable. And it starts out, yeah, you're, you're in a hospital bed. You watch um, a woman come in who plays a big role later in the game. Uh, it's, it's quiet. That's not really a spoiler. You can tell just by looking at her face. She tries to kill you, but is foiled by another patient who has his head wrapped up named Ishmael. And Ishmael uh, gives you a drug to help you uh, move better, but it does not work. And so you spend most of this sequence alternately stumbling and crawling around. It's you trying to haul yourself up on a medical table, which immediately topples over. And so, yeah, it's it's just a lot of just very slow crawling through the corridors of this hospital. Eventually, you get to the point where you can sort of stand up and stumble. Um, and then you're, you're like trying to hide under beds and mingle with a bunch of people that are all being killed by these commandos that are coming in trying to kill you. You know, hearing you describe it, it sounds so ridiculous, but I remember really liking it at the time. Oh, yeah. it's it's tense. It's super it's tense because you're hiding. You're like crawling. They have like the curtains drawn in a hospital room and mm-hmm. you're crawling from from like little mini sub room to sub room through the yeah, curtains. Yeah. And then there's the thing where you're out in the hallway and I guess spoiler for the first hour of a game. Um mm-hmm. And then you're you're out there, and you think they're going to shoot you because they're coming up and just shooting like everyone in there. And then you piss yourself. Yep, it's like well, one of the only times. Yeah, you play dead and you piss yourself. But which now, knowing the ending of the game, and I don't know how spoiler we want to get, this all makes way more sense. Yeah, we don't want to spoil the ending. ending. Okay, okay. Yeah. But there's a reason all of this, yeah. and you're not like the all powerful 
snake that you're, or not even snake. Well, yeah, you're big boss. Yeah, big yeah. boss. Or, or that that snake. Uh, uh, the chronology punished snake. The fucking chronology right. of that yeah. series. I love Metal Gear. Is one of my favorite yeah. series, and yeah. even I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But there's a reason you're not. You don't have the powers you're used to. Let's yeah. just say that. But yeah, this, this beginning is. It's a huge slug. It's not reflective of the rest of the game at all. And it takes roughly an hour to get through. Yeah. 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 Every time. And it ends with an unbeatable boss type character mm-hmm. with the, yeah. the flaming man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't me. It was the flaming man. I will say, as a like lifelong Hideo Kojima apologist, mm-hmm. I actually like am totally okay with like I to me it feels yeah. like a very bold move to be like, hey players, you're gonna have to deal with this bullshit for an hour because I want to set the stage in this very particular way. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, that yeah, takes much- an auteur <laughs> to just tell you, hey, fuck your expectations. You don't get to have fun for an hour. I just want to tell you this story and frame <laughs> the rest of the experience. I, I'm going to hold you to that when Death Stranding comes out four years from now and three quarters of it is the intro. <laughs> oh, it's going to be such nonsense. And the more I see Dude, about that the, game, the less I understand yeah, what it is. How many different ways can I set up the punchline, kept you waiting, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say yeah. this this intro is definitely preferable to like a long cut scene and then a 20 minute codec conversation. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Fair criticism. But it's still like you know, and and I will. I, I'm not trying to knock this necessarily or say it's bad. It just is very slow, and so it takes. This is a game that takes a while before it give, really gives you a sample of what you can do. But I think yeah, and, and and if I can be really fair to the game, I wasn't. You know, I don't read previews or like watch reviews. I didn't really know when the game started, and the game kind of starts with like do whatever you want. I'm like, but you didn't tell me how to do this thing with the thing. And I didn't, I didn't know that the game had started yet, and and like, then I just kept dying. I'm like, what the fuck? What ha- What? What's going on? And I didn't realize how open ended it was. So I, I don't want to judge the game too harshly on that. But it did. It was frustrating for me to play in like 45 minute to 60 minute chunks every night. To be fair to the game, and I think Michael, you and I are in the same boat. Once you do get past this, this this is one of my favorite games of this generation. Yes. Like this oh, is up a, there, yeah. at least top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of vying. It's in the Dang. top spot right now, and maybe there's another game we'll talk about later that might also be vying for a spot. We'll see. Ooh. Ooh. I will say, hearing Chris talk about it right now, it just occurred to me how different the openings of all of the Metal Gears are. Because mm-hmm. I remember three, you actually, you know, you start in the jungle. You get a lot of tutorial. There's a lot of like, oh, it's very gameplay yeah. driven. You get a cutscene where you jump out of a plane, and you're, it's kind of explained sort of who you are and what your mission is going to be. But yeah. largely, the focus of the first portion of the game is gameplay. And so, it just occurred to me now how that is very not true for it's five, ve- and not even really true for it's four very either. Because it's very different. Because most of the other Metal Gear games like show tell you very clearly what you need to do and which direction you need to go into, and this doesn't do. Yeah, that. first Metal Gear yeah. Solid. That's, it's that's extremely part of the clear. Tutorial like, there's a dude with a nuke. You're going to the island where the nuke is. You're gonna get him. Here we go. And like, and then like, you obviously learn a whole bunch along the way. But your goal and all the exposition at the at the top is basically non-existent. It's just it tells you here's the framing. Yeah. Get out there, champ. Uh, so it's, it's guess what, Snake? You're in fucking <laughs> Afghanistan, circa 1984. Go kill a dude. In my head, all my failed starts on uh, Phantom Pain involve an open world, do whatever you want, horseshit, where I'm waiting for more tutorial. Mm. Uh, so that's, mm. not, I'm just saying, it's not fair to the game. I really wish I, I, I got to the part where it hooked me. Mm. Well, you mean you'll you'll get a tutorial and then like, oh, part of your brain that understood Russian must have been affected. You'll have to kidnap an interpreter eventually. <laughs> Can't you just tell me what they're saying? No. No, but what we were saying earlier, it's true, like, 
the actual tutorial for this game is Ground Zeroes. It's like an mm-hmm. entirely yeah. different game. Yeah. It's, it's a demo they charge $30 for, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, just you look at it, that is the, the playable prologue. It's like if you if you want something that starts you off right off the bat with action, you play Ground Zeroes, and then you go through the the opening crawl, the literal opening crawl. <laughs> yeah. Well played, Michael. Mm-hmm. Also, like one thing replaying this segment, I notice it's like you uh, you twist your ankle and you have like a dislocated shoulder, and you have to like Ishmael fixes your shoulder for you, but then like you have to fix your leg yourself. And he's like, "Do it yourself next time." And I don't remember like that healing mechanic playing a role in the rest of MGS Five. At least I didn't really uh... take advantage of it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I just was like trying to. I ate rations like in every yeah. other game. Huh. Huh. I, yeah, totally forgot about that. Hmm. Hmm. Shrug. Someone Shrug. in the comments will have a really interesting explanation of. Well, remember this detail. Yeah, it's sad to say I, I'm having trouble remembering for a game I spent like 200 hours with. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble, yeah, remembering if that did play into the game. I'm going to guess it's been a number of years. I mean, it's been a number of years since I last played it. I think two, two years, probably the last yeah. time I played that I, game. I, and I'll say as a very impatient man baby with poor reading comprehension, <laughs> I am I am the least mad at this game's opening. Okay. The rest of the stuff, oh, I'm going to get pissed. Oh, you, mean, <laughs> you mean you you didn't like the extended codex segments that, that would go before lots of these games? It was just like, here, let if me read If you go into the fifth minutes. Metal Gear segment pissed at codex sequences, you should mm-hmm. just... You shouldn't have bought it in the first place. And besides, yeah. by number five, most of the Codex conversations are optional tapes that you can listen to. I was going to say, Codex are which, so five years ago. And, it's all about tapes now, baby. And mm. they have so many interesting Easter eggs, like the hamburgers of Kazuhiro Miller. <laughs> well, everyone talks shit. They're like, oh my god, they paid so much for Kiefer Sutherland, and he has like three lines. I'm like, did you listen to the tapes? Like, he has hours of dialogue mm-hmm. on those tapes. Like, he's all over that game. Yeah. Just not when you play it. <laughs> I'm still a David Hater fan. Okay. I'm just saying. You're not a David Hater hater? Hey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that ice cold line, I've got nothing to say to them. <laughs> Talking about his, his clone kids. Man. All right. Well, none of that in this next one. Certainly no setting of broken bones. Number four. This is ringing any bells. <laughs> it's, I'm getting mad just hearing it. <laughs> is, I would I would answer you, but I've been turned into a wolf, so ah. I can't actually say anything. Well, I mean, you're a wolf in this whole game. Technically, yeah. a sort lycanthrope, of. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a sun goddess wolf who's awakened from a stone statue in the interminably long opening yeah. of what game? Okami! Okami! Okami. Okami. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played through this t- tutorial several times, and the last time, did when it was really pretty in HD, didn't make me as mad, because it's clearly aping the formula of another game that takes forever to start, too. Hmm. And... It doesn't. It doesn't look on the surface like a game that's going to take eighty hours, and that's why I think. I don't know. In context, it doesn't feel like it's wasting your time. Like you'll be here for a while once you get past yeah, all this. But, but it is. It's not. It's not even teaching you anything. It's just lore, and that's what bugs me in text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all backstory that it tells with text windows, and in, in this cutscene that takes roughly twenty minutes to play out, it's actually multiple cutscenes. Originally, in it, when it, this came to PS2, you could not skip 
the opening cutscene mm-hmm. at all until you'd finished the game once. And then you could skip it on the second playthrough. Now you can skip it automatically, and that's when you find out, like, this is actually, like, three or four cutscenes. Because every time you hit st- start to, to skip, it's like it starts another one. Like, all right, skip, 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 skip. <laughs> Eventually, you will be playing, and then you'll just get endless tutorial messages from this little guy. <laughs> Everything in this game talks in those like weird little warbles. That's Isu. I ain't recording two language tracks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's Isu, the little uh, artist bug who uh, helps with your magical paintbrush, which is your main weapon in Okami and main means of interacting with the environment. Which you then get to learn about in a long tutorial. Like, okay, here, let me show you how to draw this bridge in. Okay, now try... No, don't try drawing it. Let's just move on to the next thing. All right, now draw this river in so you can swim across it. And now you can you can make slashes and cut down this peach and cut these rocks in. You're talking... I think that, that that's what's frustrating, having played this uh, intro at least three times. When you, when you get to it in the HD version, it's like... This did not take that long to describe. Mm. Why is this taking so long? Like, the controls are so intuitive. Why did this take so long? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Different era. There's no reason for it. Other other than they, 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 I think they're they're filling the game with quirky this and that. But I don't think uh, maybe it's just in today. I don't know. My like in today's media landscape, like. No, you're not cute enough to, just, to like compete with my phone and everything Netflix <laughs> just dropped right now. Like, get on with it and let's start the game. This sounds you know, like a, a user problem more than an issue with the game. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They weren't competing. I'm with a here. horrible person, very impatient, <laughs> and, and again, very low intelligence from reading comprehension. So I'm going to forget half the things you tell but me. This, Smelly, uh, ugly. But, but this is one of the games yeah, on the list that, that, that ultimately paid off because you love this game, right, Michael? Like you're like yeah. a huge fan of this game. Oh, I, I love this I, game. I've, I think it's fantastic. I've, uh, Dirty secret that I think I've let on here before. I've never really played past the tutorial. Oh, really? But, I but everyone I know loves this game. So yeah, it's it's, it, it it's a phenomenal game. It's unlike any other game in the universe, but it is so it is so up its own ass that you're gonna think it's quirky <laughs> and cute from the beginning that it just does this shit to you instead of letting you do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. It makes you endure a lot of this like, I don't know, purported charm before you actually care about the universe. It, it, it like it's not fair because the game is from like the mid PS2 era. It just happened to come out when games had changed hmm. and uh, and, and did uh, like economize your time a little better. Yeah, I do feel like tutorials are among the most changed elements of games right. over the past two decades. I mean, the streamlining yes. of how you introduce players to a game has. I mean, if you look at the first hour of a game from 2001 to 2005, like you know the early PS2 games, and then compare that to PS3 or PS4 games, it's very clear that there was a lot of focus into, hey, what if we don't just like do this in a clumsy, ham-fisted way? What if yep. we make it part of the experience? And I do agree that Okami is one of those games that feels like it's from an earlier era uh, and is borrowing uh, uh, from a Scotty. different school of design, yeah. um, and therefore Big spoiler. can feel... Yeah, go ahead. Big, big spoiler, if I'm correct on the entries on this list, a lot of these are going to be Japanese games that did not get the memo that the medium had changed. I think a few of them. Yeah, yeah. at least mm-hmm. all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost like they've gotten a memo that in order to keep people around in the game, you have to build this emotional attachment. And so in this game in particular, they're trying to set up this like story, like, hey, this is how we're going to hook them and bring them in, not realizing 
the medium of video games, the way you do that is through gameplay. Like, you know, I, if I right. wanted to get hooked on story, I, I would I would watch a movie or I would read a book. Uh, the, the, the thing, the reason I choose to interact with games is I can interact with them. And so just sitting there reading static text is the worst possible way in a video game mm. to get people yeah. hooked on that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and to the game's credit, you would have organically gone and, like, interacted with all these things anyway because of how cute and, and fun the world is to interact with. So the idea... The idea they didn't trust you enough to do that on your own at your own leisure and let you start the game still kind of bugs me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can hear the passion in your voice talking about it now. You're still clearly but I'm, like I'm, a I'm little mad. With, with how much lovely shit is is comes after that, like how great the game yeah. is uh, after that. It, it is a bona fide masterpiece for a reason. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. There's someone that I think must agree. It Cap Capcom. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they keep releasing this game on platform after platform. Like, eventually people will catch on, we swear. Someone mm-hmm. will get this game. And it's like. Maybe someday they'll even remaster the sequel that came to <laughs> DS that no one yeah. played. Yeah. Okami yes. Dance. But, uh, yeah, this this game remains my one of my white whales, or white wolves, as you might think. Eh. Or nobody would say that, actually. Eh. But, Six out of ten on that But it, it's one that it's just like, it's on my bucket list. I definitely want to play it someday, but there's always things that are newer. Tell you what, get the Switch version for your next uh, little bit of travel. Yeah. Like 20 bucks. It's going to look pretty yeah. as fuck. As, Move, uh, 60 frames a as second. As was recently awesome. pointed out, that game continues to come to like every yes. platform. You, you'll get to play this. Guaranteed in the future. <laughs> it's like Jet Set Radio. Well, I, 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 yeah. But remember, but I just want to take people back. Yeah, I did work there for a little bit. Like, Remember, that wasn't always the case. The game was ported to Wii and was kind of as shitty or as inferior looking as the PS2 one. And no one was really sure it was going to happen again. It was kind of a labor of love to get it to happen. Mm-hmm. Especially because... I, 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 this is dumb. But the, the soundtrack is amazing and like 200 tracks long. It was really hard to get every track back and they still couldn't. Uh, that was a huge hurdle and uh, it was something the, the, the developers overcame to bring it to a new generation where it belonged because like this, people will get through the slog and discover what's really beautiful about the game. Yeah, I, I'm uh, actually not even, honestly, not trying to talk shit on publishers who bring older experiences, especially cult classics like that, yeah. to new platforms. I think it can breathe life into a game that deserves more attention. Absolutely. I mean, there there are so many games that I skipped when they came to PC that I now play because, like, oh, you know what? It's on Switch, and I'm traveling. And I yeah. knew Stardew Valley, for example, would be the kind of game I would enjoy, and I bought it on Steam, and I never played it. And then, over this past summer, I was traveling a lot for work, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to download it on Switch. It just came out on Switch. I put in, like, 100 hours. Damn. And it was just, like, it just needed to be on the right platform at the right time. <laughs> Uh, and it, you know, as Chris pointed out, like it's not always easy to do that. I don't think it's always just a cash in to bring an old experience to a new platform. That's sometimes the case, but I think with something like Okami, especially something that clearly took a lot of love and attention to detail to make sure that they got it right on its new platforms, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not to me. It's not necessarily a cash in. It really is just an opportunity to share this experience that has kind of a niche following but no bigger mainstream appeal to a new crowd of people and, and maybe get them interested in it. Love and attention other than the cover art. Uh, <laughs> was the cover I don't remember. Was the cover <laughs> art bad? That was a minor scandal that the cover art, like, a, I guess they didn't have the original asset at Capcom so somebody discovered an IGN watermark on, on the it. Wii version's cover oh, art that had the IGN no. watermark in the background. Yes, yeah. dude, I, d- I totally didn't hear about that. Or if I did, I and, forgot. And then they offered a I replacement did. cover. Jeez, <laughs> I heard of it. Yep. That is uh, that is not great. Uh. <laughs> oh man, uh, but the game's great. 
Yeah, yes, covers, yeah cover story not so so great. It's but phenomenal. The game. It, it it seriously reminds me. This is really dumb. <laughs> reminds me of Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay, let's let's see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So whenever there's a new medium like VHS or DVD or HD DVD, like somebody at Warner Brothers is like, we got to get Doctor Strange Love out because we know people have heard of this, but they haven't seen it, <laughs> uh, and it, it's going to be kind of un, like unapproachable and then we're going to put a, a new sheen on it and we're going to put it out at the, at the beginning of every single new format and like I have like three copies of Doctor Strange Love with weird covers that represent every era it was released in and it ends up surviving because it finds new fans all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. if you dig that far into it you're going to love it hmm. I think you can find interesting examples across a lot of mediums there are so many bands that you know were totally. unappreciated in their time oh, and yeah. broke right, up right, and then right. 20 years later they're touring stadiums because uh-huh. In, tw- in those 20 yeah. years, it's people figured out, oh. An enterprising fan re-released all their work on MP3. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that is what it takes. <laughs> and now Just all I can legs. think of is Amaterasu riding a bomb. So thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image that will always be with Waving me. Waving her cowboy hat <laughs> yeah. as she drops into the state of Le Moyne. <laughs> That's right. I, lo- I love Amy Deer. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, moving on to a game that is uh, almost as wolfy. Number three. <sighs> That is the main character transforming into a wolf. Who knows what this is? This is the one I I was thinking the last entry was. This is yeah, Legend I made a, of Zelda Twilight Princess. Yes. I made a lycanthrope joke, and then I was like immediately like, oh, wait, no, this is Okami. We haven't gotten to Zelda yet. <laughs> That's oh, Okami. No, <laughs> abort, this abort. An actual god wolf. Mm. This is the, you could call the lycanthrope. But this is like, man, I really, dude, I really hated playing this again on the rematch. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it, like, because... The wolf segments in general mm-hmm. are horseshit prolonging moments to make the game seem bigger. Mm-hmm. It, it turns you slower and less capable to do what? Collect balls of light ah, yes. as if this was, and this is going to offend some people, a fucking Jack and Daxter game. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does this. It has this horrible, horrible gameplay element to, to, to disproportionately inflate how much gameplay is there. The wolf segments don't always suck, but in the beginning, they fucking do. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I hated being the wolf. And I hated how pretty the game looked. And I hate. And Zelda was the game series I was talking about. The one that, like, you need three hours to start a Zelda. Not until the portable versions that they stop doing that. Yeah. Like, you, you start the games. The, the portable games are so fucking good. Link Between Worlds in general. Oh, yeah. Specifically. Well, because they went back to the old school ones. Because so I would argue the original Legend of Zelda, you just drop right in. You don't. Granted, you don't it's know true. where to go and what to do, but then that's that's it's what's true. great about the portable versions. They're like, no, fuck it. It's just like the old ones. Like, just go back and... But everything post-Ocarina had this, like, three-hour yeah. start, oh, and yeah. this is this is the worst mm-hmm. example of that with the exception of maybe Skyward Sword. Yeah, and, and um, it was between this and Skyward Sword, which also has oh, just an interminably oh, long... Intro sequence where I was like, "Hey, you, you're you live in Skyloft and you're bonded with a giant pelican looking thing." Yeah, I hope you <laughs> like bird people. We got bird people in this game. You yeah. like bird people? We got bird people. <laughs> Meet your childhood bully. He's still hanging around. Yeah. And hello, I am bird person. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a difficult year, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think Twilight Princess kind of uh, generated more distaste for the length of its. Uh, intro and also uh, it's more in tune with this week's theme because guess what you get to do? Ah! Get to hurt cows. My favorite. 
Because this version of Link was a cowboy for some reason, just living yeah. in it. Like I, I never, I never would have thought this game was that bad until they released the HD remaster for Wii U right up against Wind Waker, mm-hmm. and how much faster. And that game is the slowest yeah, fuck start too, slow. but at least yeah. it's fun. Yeah, you know, lots they, of stealth right at the beginning. They, they, you're right. They started yeah. that with Ocarina of Time, and then they sort of did that again with Majora's Mask because they turned you into the little monster creature, and then you had to figure mm. out how to become regular. Yeah, but you figure that out pretty quick. Pretty in, in this, it's like okay, you spend maybe an hour or so as a as a cowpoke in your village and get to know everybody and do all these activities that don't really matter, and then you are turned into a wolf, and you get to <laughs> meet Midna. <laughs> To be fair, Midna might be the best thing about this game. Yeah, Midna's awesome. I didn't mean to vomit at Midna, but all the wolf shit sucks, (laughs) and if I could make a perfect version of this, it would all be removed. Agree to disagree, because Midna is associated with the wolf stuff in my mind, and so fuck Midna. And also, Midna's just a reason to create Amiibo. Like, it's all, it's a giant conspiracy theory. It was all just Nintendo from the start planning. We're going to have these things. We're going to sell them for $20 in a couple years. Also, and and it'll get people to play through uh, Twilight Princess HD. Why? Because that Amiibo, you can use it to save your wolf's level, or your your Link's level. And if you uh, power up your Link in Twilight Princess HD, you can then use that amiibo with Breath of the Wild and summon uh, Link as a wolf as a companion, and he will have all the heart containers that you collected. Yes. In, but God, yeah, God forbid Princess. you fucking lose that amiibo, uh, because you do have to scan it like every couple of hours, because it does go away eventually. Uh, it doesn't just stick with motherfucker, you. Motherfucker, I've never opened an amiibo in my life. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like 40 of them. Uh, I'm just saying, no, I, I scanned never... the guy at work, he has them all on his desk, and I scanned a bunch before heading home for the weekend, <laughs> nice, and nice. then I was fucking pissed off because they did not stick around in my game. But like, if you if you played this game, and I guess most people did have this trajectory, you play this game, and then you play Breath of the Wild, and it's like, how fast does Breath of the Wild start compared to most other Zelda games? It's fucking lightning, dude. Yeah. And I think I think that was informed by the portable releases. How fast uh, Spirit Tracks and um, uh, specifically Link to the Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. What's, Link, what's Link to the, the Link past. to the Past. Yeah, Link Between Worlds. Or Link Between Link yeah. Between Worlds. Link Between Worlds is like like that. Yeah. It is fucking and awesome. Phantom it is rest. Well, I will say though, with Breath of the Wild, you do start out and you're right in that like they open up gameplay to you, but you're still on the plateau. Like you you are. You're yeah. trapped in this like little mini slice of the mm-hmm. world. Like, yeah, you're you're sort of safe here. It's yeah. okay. We're going to introduce the systems. I actually, See, that's yeah, but, an example of a streamlined. Like, right, in, right in front, yeah. right in front of you is how to level up. Right to the right is how you cook mm-hmm. shit. There are weapons all around you. Like you can play. You can play like I don't know. You can play a, a normal Breath of the Wild experience before you get off that plateau. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of teach you by beating. Did you, oh, did you try and hit this dude with a stick? You're gonna get brutalized. And actually, this like, is bring more shit. This is in. a tiny thing, but like even in that game or in that intro, like you beat a boss or something. Something happens where in other Zelda games they would have made you like ride back and find the old king that was like sent you on this yeah. mission, or or he was an old man and then you find out he's the old king. Sorry, spoiler for the beginning of that game. Yeah. But in this game, he just like he floats down to you on the leaf. He's just like, okay, you just finished it up, and I'm here now. Like they don't fuck around. They're like, okay, you're not gonna have to go yeah. back and backtrack. Like we're just gonna bring this guy to you now. Get on your way. You know. Yeah, yeah. I loved it because it was it was not only Nintendo but a Japanese developer getting the memo: start your shit fast. People will figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, get 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 the player 
into the game immediately, and, and Breath of the Wild does that so well. Yeah. Yeah, can we just talk about Breath Whether of the Wild? Whether you like it or not. Twilight I know a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> well, no, because, again, Breath of the Wild starts out quickly, whereas Twilight Princess takes a long time. And I did see while I was researching this, people on a forum, like some guy saying, uh, this is this is worse than Twilight Princess. This is taking forever to start. People like, what are you talking nope. about? Because this nope. guy was saying it took him like five hours to get off the plateau. And someone was like, it took me 25 minutes. What yeah. are you doing? What are you doing up there? Here's what I remember in, in Twilight Princess Remake, that I have to collect 29 balls of light mm-hmm, all over mm-hmm. this level when I'm not Link, and I missed one, and I can't yeah. see it. It's not showing up where it's supposed to be, and I'm cruising all these fucking facts. Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> collect 29 things before you unlock the spirit berry. Go fuck yeah. yourself. You have you can beat Ganon in 16 minutes in Zelda. True. I, I think that was the that's like the first speed run I've read about. Yeah, you can you can go straight to Ganon in 16 minutes. Yeah. It's awesome. Just like Link Between but, Worlds. Yeah, Twilight Princess though, you put in the time, you're a cowboy, you're a wolf, and then you get to the first dungeon and that's when it starts to pick up and I've I've also seen people say like eh, it starts to pick up after the first dungeon, but the the thing is, it's like yeah, when, once you have the green tunic and the sword and everything, like it's yeah. it's a Zelda it, game. It became and, a very good Zelda game. Yeah. Like yeah, it's up there and, on my list. And it's interesting because I think this is the game that everyone bought for Wii because it'd been uh, anticipating it for so long when it was supposed to be a GameCube a launch game title. and kept getting pushed back. Yeah, it was a launch title. But then it's like, this is also the least indicative game of what the Wii can do. Because it, mm. it's it's just a, a GameCube port. And, uh, yeah, like, the the waggle is just like, it's just a button press. Like, you, yeah. it doesn't feel like you're wielding a sword. And then when we do that in Skyward Sword, it's going to be kind of confusing and not so great. And for a little bit of basic bitch trivia, it had to make Link right-handed, yeah. which made the GameCube version rare because Link is left-handed. Like well, here's some basic bitch Matt trivia. I'm left-handed. So that shit fucked with me oh, because they made me use my right hand to do that shit, and I'm oh, like, damn. I'm like, motherfuckers, <laughs> just give me left-handed Link. This is per- this game was made for me. Yeah, what? Yeah, n- so I, I find it a huge bummer as a, a giant Zelda fan. I found Twilight Princess a little too long because uh, I hate the wolf segments mm-hmm. and uh, Skyward Sword didn't seem to respect my time. Required too much motion control, and I, if you remember listening to. The, Talk radar. I, I literally had an injury that I couldn't play the game for four oh, months because yeah. because sort of, of the, the same. Game. My my pinkies uh, went numb playing both of these games. Just yeah. like mm. what they, yeah, yeah physically they were demanding. It was they so gave you dumb. Tendinitis. Yeah, it was so dumb. I got tennis elbow from playing Zelda. Yeah, There's my nerd cred. <laughs> <laughs> they're, the, they're the two Zelda games I, I didn't finish, other than Majora, and it's they still bug me. Yeah. I did finally finish this, and I, I did like it uh, when I did. Uh, I, I don't regret spending that time at all. Same, same. I, yeah. I finished it after putting it down but because of this intro for literally, I want to say, two to three years. Put it down. where It was it was kind of like, yeah, it was one of the first Wii games. Got it. Got, it was like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck? And then, and then got lost in, like, Galaxy and, like, the good Wii games. And then finally went back to it when I had some free time, and, and, and it did pay off. I, you just have to get past this... It's like the reverse of Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, Metal Gear Solid 2 swerves you because you start out as the dude you want to play as, and then, like, it, it has that swerve in the middle. Mm-hmm. Whereas this game is like, no, no, we're going to start you as the wolf guy, yeah. and you got to get past that, but then trust us, it'll be all good after that. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. You ready for this? Uh, Twilight Princess is the worst 3D Zelda game. Ooh. 
That's a mm-hmm. that's a bold claim. That's I mean, a, no, you might be right. Scalding lukewarm take there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't yeah, think many still, people it's still, are go still to like that. the best Wii game and better than half the other things that <laughs> yeah. came out three years before and after it. But it's the worst Zelda game, or the worst the 3D console Zelda game. I'm certainly not going to go to bat for it. I mean, like, I mean, you're talking to a Spirit Tracks yeah. fan, and so I have no ground to stand on whatsoever when it comes to Zelda games. It's it's uh, still better than Zelda Cement Factory on 3DO. As <laughs> <laughs> a thing, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, I know it wasn't. You're Wiki Pares. I'll believe anything. You say. <laughs> uh, what was it? Faces of Evil, Wand of Gamelon, and Zelda's Adventure or Zelda's Quest? I forget. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. Sure. Number two. Uh, oh, no. They're gone. Our... are gone. You can't say... why not? But you do understand what I'm saying, right? Our... are gone. Stolen. And not just the... the word. They stole it, too. What kind of thief is that? Okay, I'm sorry. This is one of the dumbest uh, lines from the opening of the game that I think I've ever heard. I mean, it's a dumb, it's a dumb game. Hot take right there. Uh, it's a dumb game. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I've I've gone on record on the show before. Like, I can't get into Kingdom Hearts, dude. Like, mm-hmm. cannot get into Kingdom Hearts. And the the intros of these games is not helping. Like, I am a Disney fan. Chris can attest to this. We talk Disneyland. We talk. Uh, we're yeah, both. I love Disney. We're both massive Disney fans. I'll put up with a lot. In a Kingdom Hearts game, which, by the way, I can't wait for three. The twelfth Kingdom Hearts. Game. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but I, this is this is unforgivable. This is this is this is what Rockstar developed, like producer culture in Japan manifested in the uh, mid two thousands. Yeah. The idea that they could do something like this and no one could question them because this is the kind of thing that like QA and P- experts would say like you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. This is bad. Uh, and, and the tutorial for this is is inexcusable. It is yeah. Awful. It's about uh, give or take three hours where you I counted you play four. as well three to four. I, I guess it depends on how quickly mm-hmm. you get through it. Uh, where you're playing as not the main character Sora, but as Roxas, who is Roxas. Sora's nobody. And uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll let MC Chris explain uh, exactly why he hated this game. And for like four million years, I'm stuck in this town called Hollow Bastion. And I'm not even the main character. I'm Roxas. The main character is Sora. And I keep having dreams about the main character. Meanwhile, Tony Soprano's in a coma. There's no instant gratification. I'm getting a little bored. But my friends are like, keep playing. Keep playing. Eventually, Disney characters are coming out of every orifice. It's awesome. (laughs) Just stick with it. So I do, and I go to the bulletin board, and I look at all the jobs, and I do all the errands, and I get enough money to buy a train ticket to get on the dope-ass Disney train to go to the fun fucking part of the game. That's bullshit. It took me like four years. I didn't see so much as a Sebastian the Crab for like a hundred millennia. <laughs> it just occurred to me how much his delivery is basically just Chris it's Rock. It's Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I want candy. It's for the shorties. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
mix up the mix. I, I recommend up. looking I that, that up. Just MC Chris uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, there's more? Kingdom Hearts Resident what? Evil. It's a whole thing where he compares it to Resident Evil 4. Huh. And how Re- RE4 is such a better game. So we were talking, like, a lot of the games on this list, they're, they're Japanese games. And we it's JRPGs tend to do this. Yes. And so, but I have a but high they, tolerance. They don't tend to do this specifically. But, but I have a high this tolerance is, for both JRPGs and Disney stuff. And that's what's so crazy is I'm not into Kingdom Hearts because... They waste, they do not respect my time. They do not respect my time. And to be honest, they don't respect my appreciation of fucking logic and storytelling that makes sense. And and naming. And a fucking naming of your game. How many names and words are you going to put in the name? Like Chris said, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the 12th game. This is, I'm so, I'm so... I'm so pissed off right now. <laughs> like, but that, that, that's, 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 that's why I, I hate Kingdom Hearts 2. Because this should be the main game... Where you've had your spinoffs, you cut through the chuffa, you put here what works. And when we streamed, when Brett and I, we went through the fucking gargantuous 25-hour task of trying to just, like, mainline... And we had to edit out all our failures to make it 25 hours to finish the first Kingdom Hearts. It, it is this, just this quixotic, fucking horrendous mess of every single gameplay idea executed for no reason. Like, you... Now that you guys know the business a little more and have worked on games, all of that shit should have been cut out forever. Uh, but like the idea that like there's, I forget forget what the dude's name is, but this untouchable producer can do whatever he wants and take as long Tetsuya as he wants Nomura. to do it. Like that's not gonna happen. That's that that's not gonna be the case for much longer. But Kingdom Hearts Two should have been the streamlined experience that was supposed to meet the biggest mainstream audience, and it was so awful. And my theory behind this, uh, having worked uh, with Disney on a game or two before is that they had you know how hard it is any of you guys ever worked with Disney on anything ah, is this relatable <laughs> yes um, but, I, but, uh, but the idea Disney, that like so. it, it, they, they have to clear a bunch of shit so it's hard for Disney to clear a bunch of stuff uh, and Square was kind of and what I know about their contract they were kind of giving it like now nah, you can kind of do whatever you want with your own characters and things you're already cleared to do so they can't obviously square cannot invent new disney characters or worlds but what they can do is manufacture new fucking leagues of nothing and horrible characters of their own that they they can then spin off into new games this was solely meant to introduce you to roxas so you would want to play a game so you would be curious about a game starring him which they wouldn't fucking finish for 6 oh, years yeah. like it's inexcusable. It is hubris out the asshole. Why Disney had ever worked with him again? We shouldn't even be getting a Kingdom Hearts 3. They should have said no. The shit you did was inexcusable. How dare you put these timeless <laughs> well, characters in a product this haphazard and poorly thought out? It is still possible I, I, that I Kingdom Hearts 3 is a hoax, so maybe we aren't <laughs> getting... But, but Chris, False flag. You, in, in the intro, you got to hear some great acting from one Christopher Lee. Organization miscreants. Ansem! They found us. But why would the nobody steal photographs? Both are nothing but data to them. The fools could never tell the difference. Do we understand how dumb that is? They're running oh, out of time. <laughs> Namine must make haste. Namine. Yes, and I hear if you if you pre if 
if you pre-order the game, um, they'll cut out four seconds per every fucking cutscene intro in between all the goddamn pauses. <laughs> People just speak in it an unbroken ex- It is sentence. excruciating. People made fun of us on our stream, but I... Look, I'm a big Disney fan. I'm a big JRPG fan. Like, this shit will not hold up into the next generation. People are going to hate this fucking game. You cannot play this normally. And, and, and I do... And again, I do believe... Square can't create new Disney environments. All they can do is create new Square characters. And they do so in such mm. a fucking reckless and stupid way uh, just to create more series and spinoffs that they can go answer then. If they can't create new lore with Disney characters, you know that shit. Uh, it, it just, it, yeah. Like, once you see through that fucking veneer, like, I'm legitimately mad at the series. I could be more excited for three, because I hope the, the same way they kind of... Like, Final Fantasy fifteen to me was like... Square getting the memo on modern gameplay. Like, get going, get started, let people discover more of the story if they feel like it, but it ultimately isn't that important, and people aren't here trying to unlock fucking movies anymore. Square Square ran on that fucking pathway that all we wanted to see were cutscenes for way too fucking long. And especially when the... You know, well, the Disney I mean, Final Fantasy is still doing pretty good. No, it is, but Final Fantasy 15 isn't that. Final Fantasy 15 is a wonderful evolution for the series to bring it into the modern era. It's it's excellent. I love 15. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but but like but remember like this Kingdom Hearts 2, this the last mainline entry until maybe we get the new one is over a decade old. So so here's the thing Kingdom Hearts is infuriating to us, I think. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, the stuff Chris is talking about and that, that I talked about, but to uh, younger generations, they grew up with this bullshit, and mm-hmm. so there are a ton of Kingdom Hearts apologists out there that I'm sure Not even I'm sure apologists like legitimate. We love this super shit fans, things, but yeah. I'm I'm sure like I'm gonna hear about it. Like guys like like TL loves Kingdom Hearts, well, dude. I mean, <laughs> and I think what it is is it's like I almost want to say like it's their generation's Metal Gear. Like, Metal Gear, we put up with a lot of bullshit with that series. And granted, like, Metal Gear 5 is a masterpiece, one of the best games ever, but there was a lot of bullshit that came along with Metal Gear games and, and the cutscenes and stuff like that. That's kind of what Kingdom Hearts well, is I, to these They just grew up with the it. Thing, the thing about Kingdom Hearts is that there is so... I'm not touching on all those things you're, you can love about the game, because there's a ton of that stuff. And it goes beyond just the, the, the beloved Disney IP, like the, the, the new character design and the motifs they find for every level. All that shit is amazing. The music is phenomenal. So, some, some parts of the game are so beautiful, I don't know of anything else like it. But if, you, if you're playing any RPG made before or after it, this is the dumbest, most obtuse, <laughs> slowest start. Like, this, like, if it didn't have Disney characters in this, we would laugh nonstop at Kingdom Hearts. Seriously, that's the yeah, only and, thing that redeems and- it. And this, like, Kingdom Hearts 2, like, the nerve to start off with no Disney characters for those first three to four hours, uh, it, it kind of feels like an urban version of the first game's uh, intro sequence where you're like, hey, we're friends hanging out, having fun in our clubhouse. For three in, hours! In this city. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have a rivalry with these other uh, friends who include, like, a hip-hop version of Safer from Final Fantasy VIII, who's, like, it's pronounced Cypher now. <laughs> and and Vivi from Final Fantasy IX, the little black mage, is oh, yeah. also in his gang. <laughs> uh, I'd like to point You can give us back the now. Yeah, you're the only ones who would take it, you know? That was undeniable proof that we totally owned you, lamers. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Boy. That's Cypher using up to the second mid 2000s slang. Dude. I don't think lamers was ever like a cool thing to say. On on like internet bulletin boards, maybe. Yeah, I think the, the only person who said lamers with any conviction was fucking Olmec on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm. Anywhere else I would consider <laughs> insincere and stupid. It, it just, you don't really remember Olmec trolling the children very often. <laughs> oh, you you've been pwned, purple parrots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we've said like what the word they can't pronounce is. I guess it's photos or photographs because this heartless came along and stole their photos and apparently stole their ability to say the word photos. And either everyone just sort of takes this in stride. Either way, big snore. There is so much bad about this game. It will not. It will not. It will not elevate into another generation, which you can't say about a lot of other Square properties. Like this, this will not be celebrated by people in future generations. They will find it confusing and laughable. Maybe you forgot, but we're broke. Maybe you forgot I'm smart. <laughs> Great combo! Oh my god. But that, oh that's your cue to do go and do a bunch so of odd much. jobs. Birth by sleep, That's though? a recording from the Square boardroom when they're, when they're meeting about the future of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you forgot, but we're broke. We need to put out a Kingdom Hearts 3. So uh, about the ninth or 10th game, kidding. Birth by Sleep, that's when it has a good start and there's a lot of great <laughs> gameplay. Birth by Sleep, I recommend it, and no one cares. <laughs> okay. I certainly don't. Good to know. <laughs> no one cares. It's... The names, man. The uh, names. Yeah, in case you couldn't tell by my lack of contribution, I've uh, I've actually never played any Kingdom Hearts games. I don't, don't start. care. I've tried. I just don't. I've, I've tried. Haven't gotten past the intros. Cannot get into them. Don't start. I played through a bunch of the first one, but uh, it's been more than fifteen years, I think, since I last picked it up. So you can watch Brett and I slog through the whole first game uh, in glorious 1080p, 60 frames a second on YouTube.com/slash LaserTime. It almost <laughs> broke us as human beings. Are y'all gonna play Kingdom Hearts Three? It is. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. I'm fucking crazy excited about it because this game broke me. <laughs> they just released a new compilation that is the story so far. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I get to absorb it all at one time and get really inebriated, <laughs> maybe I can get through the story enough to set myself up to understand three. But at this point, no, I couldn't. I cannot play three. Because it is impenetrable. There, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to understand the story. How, how is the story so far that that re-release different from the? It's, 1. it's everything. 2. It's it's not just uh, 1.8 or 2.8. It's everything. Um, which means which means <laughs> it's like so 400 hours of unplayable names. JRPG horseshit with Disney characters in it. <laughs> and 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 I'm saying this as a fan and who's watched. I want to piece together the story into something I can understand. Um, I sort of have it my head around that. It's not worthwhile. It's a dumb, bad story, and it's a horrible. It's a horribly told story. Um, but and I can't wait to play the next sequel. But but and it's from the biggest Disney fan I've ever known, and that's why. Like if that wasn't there, I wouldn't go anywhere near this series. This series would be a fucking five out of ten every single time, if not for the Disney characters. But like wow. those moments that, that are are so big and great, uh, they're amazing. But it's like it's. It's ten years behind at all times in terms of like modern gameplay, and and I, I, I'm tired of hearing people like you just don't understand. Like motherfucker, I played this shit more than you. I know more about all of these series than you. This sucks. This objectively sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand, Chris. Big mood. I feel uh, like you should mood. put that on your business cards, Chris Antista. This objectively this objectively sucks. <laughs> sucks, and I know that from having played other things and experienced better stories. The story is not <laughs> worthwhile to learn when you dig through it and figure out what they're trying to say, what they might be trying to say, because they're not done yet. And this is—it's <laughs> awful. It's awful. 
God, this is so cathartic. I love this so much. <laughs> it's awful. Well, I was like trying to figure out, okay, so what is Roxas exactly like? Roxas is Sora's nobody. Sora's nobody. It's a nobody. A nobody is what's left behind after a person sacrifices their heart to the darkness. Wait, how does that work? I, I don't know. It is not good. Even if you can make sense of it, it is meaningless. Meaningless. If all you wanted to do was go play in different Disney worlds. <laughs> give me Goofy or give me death. Right. It doesn't belong here, and I can't believe Disney let him get away with this for so fucking long. Oh, man. That's probably a good signal that it's time to move on to. Good for them. This is one that, depending on how you quantify it, either gets you started really fucking fast and throws you into the thick of the action, or it makes you wait roughly 25 hours before (laughs) the game opens up. This is Final Fantasy XIII and was infamous for roughly the first half of the game, I think. Something uh, like that, yeah. Being just like described as a linear tube. Where you're moving from point A to point B, you're getting into battles, you're opening chests, but uh, like there's no nothing you would think of as a traditional Final Fantasy game. There's no open world to explore. There's not really dungeons. I guess you could say it's one continuous dungeon. Well, that's because I, I was spending so much time learning about the False Sea and the Pulse False Sea and the nine other oh, characters. Yeah. I gotta Maybe you can explain this to no! me. Who's Sarah? My wife. My wife. My future wife, that is. <laughs> She's a pulseless sea. No. She's here somewhere, along with that foul sea. I gotta find her and set her free. What's wrong with you? Why do you want to help a sea? They're the enemy. Huh? How can you save a sea? You're not. You're not. That's insane. I hate their hard drives. They're the worst company. Let's <laughs> <Le> see. <laughs> This is all awful too, and it's it, 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 it is again. These are chosen based on the amount of time that people have to wait. And, and from what I remember, and you can't really play this any other way but linearly because you just you're you're pretty much right. the first eight hours of the game. You're walking down a tube and encountering someone in a battle that's fought for you, meeting eight eight new characters and being introduced to the world and the story. You don't do anything for eight hours. If you're good at your job as game designer and you can't get started in less than eight hours, you should be fired. This is awful. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> the idea that like there were no checks and balances at that company, like, we cannot get away with this. This is yeah. disgusting. How do we even I'm put kidding. a demo out for this? <laughs> What's really <laughs> strange is that they had a template to follow. This was not like... They were trying to totally reinvent the wheel. It was just kind of another Final Fantasy game. And for whatever reason, this was the result. It's odd because I feel like Final Fantasy games have always been kind of slow because they're gigantic 80-hour games. But none of them, like, from this, from 7 on, were structured in this way, in this linear 25-hour yeah. tube. So it's just kind of bizarre. Like, what a, yeah. what a strange 
it, design it choice. Is. And so again, it depends on how you define getting started because after those 25 hours, it opens up and becomes more of what you would think of as a Final Fantasy game. Oh, and if you're buying hold, a game hold. called Final Fantasy 13, that's what you're expecting. Hold to the fuck. But then doesn't it go back to being linear? Like No, after, look, here's I, the thing. You do not get to use <laughs> the game's battle system, which is amazing. Really, really good. A great evolution of the uh, the turn-based Final Fantasy formula uh, until eight hours into the game, period. And then you go back to linear stuff, but you get to use the battle system after eight hours. You know that new Castlevania show that had the second season on Netflix? You mm-hmm. have to watch that five times before you get to use the <laughs> battle system uh, in Final Fantasy Thirteen, and then and then after a lot of linear shit in thirty hours, you open up Pulse, which is an open world Final Fantasy game like you're used to. Thirty hours, twenty five to thirty hours, right? Um, and and that that to me is absolutely worse. You're supposed to have experts and people on your staff and QA to say like this is not how you unspool a $100 million game 10 years in the making. <laughs> and nobody did. And I'll be honest, this is... it's one of my favorite games in the series. It's my, it's absolutely my favorite Final Fantasy soundtrack. Yeah, I said it. I love the soundtrack. Uh, I love this game, but it makes inexcusable choices all throughout. But, but if we don't put someone in a tube, how else are we going to see the Prada Spring and Summer Collection of 2012 uh, uh, collaboration yes. on Lightning? I mean, Red, no, Red Dead gave Vuitton. me like this... this all the shit I hate in Red Dead, I have this conspiracy in my head. Like, was this all about pre-order stuff? Stuff that doesn't matter, like my hat and my horse. <laughs> yeah. stuff, all these systems I hate in the game, are this part of pre-order bullshit? I pay $20 extra for all that bullshit. Yeah, I, yes. I, I specifically looked at it and I'm like, are you crazy? Who wants any of this shit? <laughs> if it's not new missions, who gives a fuck? Uh, <laughs> Lots of people actually. I, I mean, know. I know. People, people want to wear their, their their appropriate hat. I don't want to shit on them, but like, I, I never get pissed at like pre order special editions because like all that stuff is meaningless. It wouldn't be in a special edition if it wasn't meaningless. Uh, but then Rockstar seemed to give it new meaning <laughs> by making my horse <laughs> like my horse eats too much and its stamina core is broken. If I don't brush him <laughs> between every mission, like fuck this shit. This is awful. Sorry, Final <laughs> Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah, back to yeah. Final Fantasy. So what's weird though is this: this was like one of the first signals of kind of the schizophrenia of the the Final Fantasy series because Fifteen did the opposite of this game, where the the beginning of the game or, or kind of doesn't maybe the middle exist. Of it, if you don't count the first thing, it, it, it's open world, yeah. and then the whole ending of the game goes linear, um, which is fine. Which it's not straight up, it's not straight up tube like Thirteen, but is like. It's like no, we're going to put you on this linear track because this is how you're going to finish out the story, right? So it's it's almost like mm-hmm. the exact opposite of thirteen in that way. I I, I, don't, I don't know that that's still the case because they they had an update that I think changed around <laughs> yeah. how you played the the last it's bit true. of it. It's true, but I, I yeah. played it through relatively quickly. But here's what I really love about it, and I want you to be be objective here, Final Fantasy fans. They got rid of all this horseshit lore and like dumbass character building, and they confined it in a movie. You had the option to watch or rent from Amazon. What Kingsglaive or some shit? I think that was the yeah. title. Yeah, Kingsglaive. That was separated from movie. a video game. Objectively, that is one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And the idea, the idea that you were going to make me watch two and a half hours of this in a game that I couldn't play, 
I love that they separated it. Those people who care about that shit can pay extra for it and do it away from the game. I'm so glad it's gone. <laughs> it was. It is so fucking bad. It is so bad. And <laughs> it exists in a place where it can't hurt the game. And that game is all the better for it. Final Fantasy 15 is one of the one of my favorite gameplay experiences of this generation. Chris, I'm noticing you often hate things about the yes. things you love. <laughs> These are all games that are slow to start, which which is how people used to describe me in school. But this is all this is yeah. all shit we all find annoying and like I do find that shit annoying. Part of this medium is figuring out how to get people into an experience better. I have no fucking patience for shitty Netflix shows that know that they're not dependent on ratings or a model so they don't have to get started for five hours. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, I think that's fucking terrible. There's no, there's no way a show in the last two hours justifies eight hours of meandering nonsense. Uh, I'm looking at You Sense 8, a show I really wanted to like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the, all games for a long time totally operated on that, that we give a fuck about these characters and the story and the situation that's bad acting and horrible storytelling. And we had to, I, <laughs> me, I found it excruciating to have to sit through to get to good gameplay. And Final Fantasy Thirteen is filled with pretty goddamn good gameplay. It just takes a while to crack that nut. Mm-hmm. It says a lot, though, that like one of my complaints this year of a game I played, uh, it was the new uh, Tomb Raider game. I was complaining because that game is, has like a 15 to 20 minute intro segment yeah. where like you have to do the thing where they, they tell a story as you're walking, like you can't run as the character. And so Good. I'm complaining mm-hmm. about 15 to 20 minutes now where these yeah. games are like multiple hours of that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Because like uh, if you want a story, read a book. If you want a game, get started fast. That's why Dead Cells is the best game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played a lot of Dead Souls recently. I probably have more to say about that than I do about Final Fantasy. Goddamn fantastic! Tell us, tell a story like Dark Souls. Like, if you give a shit, dig into it. If not, play the fucking game. Give me something to do. It's a different medium. I I don't know. I I I hate it when like a ton of Japanese developers confuse video games with a passive medium where they get to tell a story because that's probably what they wanted to do before they they failed at a film school. They were really good at coding. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you could say that about some of the Western auteurs as well. Yeah, it's hard to balance that effectively. Yeah. I, I well, think to be so fair, too. that that was like a reward. Like of early games, like I remember playing through like Ninja Gaiden and like feeling rewarded for f- seeing a cinematic. Yes. because yeah, they, totally. they, they were always like the end game things, and it was like. Yeah, that that or even Street Fighter. I used to love playing Street Fighter Two and yeah. seeing like those little character vignettes at the end. Like, that. Yeah, those were rewards. Like that's that's how games were designed or for Street years and Fighter years and years. Alpha Three, when you'd have the rival battles in the middle, and it's like, ooh, character moment where yeah. they're talking yeah. to another character. Yeah, I think I think Final Fantasy Ten is sort of the king of that, where it feels like all your crescendo moments are movies that you watch, and they're great, fucking beautiful movies. They really are. Uh, but I think that was a, that was misinterpreted on Square's part that that's what games were about. The idea that you were unlocking more story, and I think story is is highly overrated in games, and and, and most people have gotten that message that, that that the characters are important, and there's plot lines you can pick up here and there, but like you do not, you do not need to sit around for thirty minute cutscenes. It's fucking ridiculous. I, I would take a different tact. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say story is not that important in games. Yeah. I think it's how you tell the story to me. Is, sure. is That's what makes yeah. games unique is they're interactive. It's an interactive medium. And so, I, yeah, for I, me, it's like story is important. You just have to do it correct. And, 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 but, but I guess to agree with you there, Chris, is not every game needs it. Right? Not, not every, every game, needs, game story, needs to be about but, story. But the thing, I, the thing I've always said, you cannot save bad gameplay with a good story. You can save a bad story with good gameplay. And that's because this is a different medium. 
And I'm glad people, it seems like more people are finally understanding that. There is no story good enough to save a shitty game. There really isn't. Uh, and if you like stories that much, we all have Netflix. Go watch it there. Uh, <laughs> but don't, don't fucking bore my ass off learning about your character's backstory when I haven't played long enough to give a shit about who he is or what his motivation is. Let me swing a sword. I think there's some kind of balance to be struck there, but I totally. certainly appreciate the perspective that you're offering, Chris. Totally. I swear, well, dude. Like, <laughs> everybody, when you're done with this show, will go into the Laser Time Facebook group and uh, everyone post the time you opt out of Final Fantasy XV King's Life. When you're like, this is a terrible <laughs> film. And 0.007. Right. This is a terrible <laughs> film. I would never... I enjoyed 15... You, you'll say I enjoyed 15 quite a bit. This is a terrible, terrible movie. And if you were forced to watch this in the game, it would have lessened your enjoyment of it. Ugh, sorry, I'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, if you <laughs> want a real challenge to get through, uh, go play Ikari Warriors... Or Ikari 2 The Rescue. No, not The Rescue. Um, Victory Road. What the fuck is that? For NES. The you, you remember too? the Ikari Warriors series? Ikari I do. Warriors? I love Ikari Warriors. I've yeah. only played one and so three, the actually. Se- the second one, Victory Road, was on NES, and it had the most interminable opening cutscene I've ever seen in my life, where it's like it bragged on the package, Morse code! Because, <laughs> you know, that's why you buy a game, right? Uh, so it has this, like, four or five static screen long cutscene where it just types in each letter with the appropriate number of Morse code beeps. <laughs> and you have to sit there as it, like, just laboriously, like, M, A, R, C, H, space, D. <laughs> and, like, it's agonizing. It's agonizing. It is the worst intro ever. Is this an honorable mention for the list? Or? Sure. <laughs> All of these are better than that one. We did, we did talk on 302010 this week about... Uh, one of my favorite opening cutscenes, Blaster Master, where the American version gives us a nice kid and his frog story instead of your uh-huh. spaceman. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what the Japanese. Yeah, I'll have to. You're uh, just a space dude. You're just a space dude was. in Japan. For some reason, in America, like they wanted to give it a story like, no, you're an elementary school kid whose best friend is his pet frog, and you chase him down this tunnel, <laughs> yeah. and then you get a spacesuit and a vehicle that shoots shit. Okay. Yeah, you you find a tank in a hole. Yeah, that's uh, not the story and- in Japan. The, this sounds pretty close to Ender's Game, though. I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> the Worlds of Power novelization was actually a pretty faithful uh, retelling right. of that premise. Yeah. Right. I could be getting it uh, all wrong. And I, I'm, so, yeah, people always get mad at me when I say this shit about story, but I do think, if I'm being honest, if, you're, if gaming is your primary hobby and you're getting most of your stories through gameplay, you're missing out on a lot of better storytelling. Because uh, I've just seen, like, storytelling in games is only now being refined. And the, the company, the company that basically refined it, uh, just laid off Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Although you could argue that what Telltale was—I mean, we would hear that complaint all the time—that Telltale games are barely games or aren't games at all. Yeah, they're all story. They're so limited in their interactivity, or the gameplay is so stagnant, and it's you know it's a lot of quick time events and button presses and stuff like that. So, I mean, some people would even disagree with you there. I, I think that is a better example of interactive storytelling than anything in Final Fantasy thirteen. And Final Fantasy Fifteen King's Lave. But, <laughs> but what about thirteen dash two? Thirteen or lightning or lightning returns. returns. To yes, its credit. That game starts out so hot and so fast because it it, it bred the reception from people to it starts out so fast it's hard to figure out what's going on. I I played that in front of my girlfriend, not realizing she didn't see she hadn't seen many video games and she was just like 
are all video games like this? No, no. <laughs> they don't always introduce uh, giant towering gods that are destroying a universe in the first four seconds. But Final Fantasy Was that X-2 two or Lightning Returns? Ten uh, two. Oh, okay. uh, th- th- like it starts incredibly fast, and you start playing so fucking fast. But it is eight hours to unlock the. There it is, the paradigm shift of thirteen. Oh man. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break, uh, wind this down, finally finish our intro, and get to the rest of the show. Uh, and we'll, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, some new releases, including Red Dead, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Step in front of a runaway train Just to feel alive again Pushing forward through the night Aching just to lower aside It's so far, so far away Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1998. But uh, most importantly, Metal Gear Solid comes out. I've heard of this. And even Diane understands the importance because your husband is a huge freak for Metal Gear Solid. Loves his MGS. Yep. Uh, but that, oh, yes. that comes out now. And, and just if you've been listening to the show and don't know games, you may have heard us talk about the original Metal Gear Solid from 1988. And it's this is such a weird departure for that series. It ended up That's a game that people sort of remembered, but not terribly fondly. And then this game comes out and sort of redefines what the entire medium can do. Die, what's your experience with Metal Gear <laughs> I know my husband likes it. I know there's a whole bunch of games, and I know everyone has funny names like Solid Snake and like Naked Radio Snake. Ocelot and Revolver like, Ocelot. Oh, it's Revolver Ocelot yeah. and like Stabby Pangolin <laughs> and Sneeze on Your Red Panda. No. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our illustrious final segment where we will waste no time saddling up our cayuses and putting on our hats and pl- stuffing in plugs of chaw so we can talk about this week's How red is your dead redemption? Uh, 15%. Good. And that's a good, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm fairly red. I'd say, uh, Fire Engine Red is my redemption. At this yes, point. Red Dead Redemption 2 is out, and everybody's losing their mind in one direction or another. I mean, I was talking to people out in uh, uh, Florida, and like businesses were like, what's going on? No one, no one came to this <laughs> Smash tournament or this movie. I'm like, Why'd oh, you- dude, it's Red Dead. Uh, yeah. Why'd you have your inside. Smash tournament today, idiot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why you should you should have known? You should have been plugged in. Mm-hmm. It's predictable, but nonetheless, extremely wild. The impact that a rock star release can have on like the yes. greater entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're 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 the one company that like their games truly reach like mass audiences. Like you know when we market games, we always talk about like, hey, we're gonna try to get some of the mass. Like, but Rockstar actually does it where it's like, oh no, they're bigger than most movie releases, and Often, that's like a yeah. big deal. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I believe Grand Theft Auto V is still the most profitable product in the history of entertainment going back to the printing press. Yeah, or at least had the best the three, first three days or something like that. Um, save it for the news segment, boys. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are we not there yet? <laughs> no, this is new, new, new releases. releases. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you're talking right. Talking about yes. our impressions, and it is weird. I feel like this happens... Pretty much every time there's a Rockstar release, which is roughly every five years or so, so people tend yeah. to forget. But like there, there is that initial wave of reviews that are like super positive, like, yes, this is a perfect game. And then there's the immediate backlash of, wait, this isn't perfect, this sucks. And then there's like the weird uh, think PC period where people are like, well, this is almost perfect, but I really couldn't do everything I imagined that I could have done. So I really don't like it. This isn't Westworld yet. Why Why can't I just interact with this world as though it's Westworld and it just adapts to whatever I'm thinking? But because it's now, all the positivity happened like a few days before the game released. And then like we, we hit those like the third or fourth stage of, of grief like over the weekend. And now we're already in Think PC mode. Like yeah, there, yeah. there was a Think PC uh, think piece that went on Kotaku. You guys see that that piece like comparing this game with Assassin's Creed Odyssey? No, I did not I see that see one. It. Which is an apt comparison. It's it, it, in a lot of ways like you look at these two games, and um, I want to say it was, it was Kirk Hamilton wrote this one, and basically he's saying like RDR two is as if open world games had proceeded as if Far Cry two was the model. Mm-hmm. Where it's like very open, but there's a lot of ways you can fuck shit up. <laughs> and then Odyssey is at Far Cry 3, which is like everything is more clear cut. There's like UI for everything. There's yeah. there's like little systems for everything, but it's it's very spelled out for you. you. A map with a bunch oh, of marks no. on it, and you just go to those and stuff yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like two schools of thought about open world games. And I, th- I think it's a really great comparison. Like, yeah, that both of these games were released kind of within a month of each other. And RDR 2 and, and AC Odyssey, they're both enormous games huge games but like i was saying earlier like rdr2 makes you fucking earn it like if you're gonna like this game you're gonna have to put up with some finicky rockstar ass bullshit that we thought we had passed after gta not even four gta san andreas like a lot of this stuff's hard like the food system where you can get fat or you can get skinny awful. and all that and awful. I, I have a complaint there and so so my my take so far is like i absolutely love this game I think I do agree that the controls are kind of clunky, that they haven't really updated them much since the original Red Dead. And then, like, it's strange what systems they decide to make apparent. And, like, I'm not sure I can entirely understand, like, the system with, like, wait, so I have a health core and then I have a health meter on top of that and all these Uh other cores. Um, It's just a doom shield. And and then the... uh, like the the eating, like there's nothing. I, I almost wish there was a hunger meter because there's like nothing to tell me uh, how much to eat and when. But I'm underweight when I check the player menu, and that means my health is lower, but my stamina is higher. But it's like maybe I want my health to be higher. How do I get it up there? How do I stop being what? underweight? You were there. We went through this with San Andreas. The world said no. Hmm. Why now? Why add this in this game? Is it possible that, I mean, I'm literally just having this thought right now, so maybe I'm super off base, but is it possible that they looked to some of the uh, the popularity of the survival genre over the past few years? I mean, since the last Red Dead, I mean, Could there be. have been games like Seven Days to Die and Rust maybe, and maybe. all kinds the, of games the, like that that are built on those types of systems. Is it possible that to a degree they looked at their game and thought, well, we're building this giant open world game that is set in a time that was notably harsh where everything was scarce. But do, you do, know what? do we want to 
include elements of those types of experiences in our game, just in a very Rockstar kind of way. In in fairness, Scott, it's just that there's it's never a live or die situation. Yeah. So it, mm. it, it doesn't really hurt you. It just annoys you with prompts endlessly when your core is depleted. Oh, yeah. I'm not so, necessarily saying that, that their delivery, the execution was good or bad. No, no. I'm but I, that's what I'm saying. That's like, what it's they it's were not a live or die for? situation. If you don't eat, I don't. I haven't died from not eating, and I have not mm-hmm. eaten for as long yeah, as I, don't, I can. I don't think you can. But I, I do like that you can, in the middle of a firefight, just like say, I'm going to just throw back a can of baked beans. <laughs> yes, and throw, <laughs> and you you always litter. What the hell is that about? Yeah, you just, just throw, throw it off to the side. Yeah. I'm just going to throw things around in the middle of my camp. It was the frontier. It's just how screwed up it is. So I heard someone on the, I think it was the Laserdime Facebook community. They were explaining that, no, 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 this is actually good because this is the, ga- the game's way of showing you how hard and difficult life was back in the Old West time. And I'm I like, I already knew. I'm like, no, no. Like, I, I, I brought up that comparison earlier. Like, I think it's doing that on purpose for the pacing. Like, yeah, to show you how it's a slower pace, get used to the soak things up. But I don't think the finicky systems are about like, hey, life was tough back then. You know, you had to, you had to repeatedly tap A to get your horse to run. That's like saying you're playing a cop game. You have to know what it's like to pay your mortgage. <laughs> like, it, it, these are things that are taken out because we want to play a game and we want to play as a cowboy, not a human cowboy. <laughs> a fantasy of a cowboy. But it is, right, seriously, I want my Westworld situation. This is a very successful cowboy simulator. Like, and it's not true simulator, it's still gamey. And actually, I think a lot of the things they, they do to make it more of a simulator end up making it feel more video gamey. Like, the fact that you do have to repeatedly tap either A or X, depending on what you're playing on, uh, to make your horse run... That reminds me constantly, like, hey, this is a video game, you know, versus if I just kind of set it, forget it. Um, I, I, one hot tip is, like, you know, what a lot of people are saying is just get your horse or whatever it is on a trail and then set that cinematic mode right. because it'll, it'll yes. just auto run. You don't have to tap anything yeah. and if you want to speed up or whatever. But that's the stuff that's like all the time. you're putting up with this little bullshit and you have to come up with all these workarounds. And, like, there's people even in, like... You know, hey, here's here's my uh, RDR two tips uh, article. They're talking about like going into and adjusting the settings for controls to work around some of the terrible like control choices of this game. I had one horrible instance where like whenever you're on your horse, you use R two to talk to somebody, and then I got off my horse to help a guy being attacked by wolves. I shooed the wolves away and hit what I thought was the talk button, and it was yeah. the gun button, and I shot that guy point-blank in the face <laughs> yes, while lying yeah. on the ground. Yeah, one, one of, like, one of the on. only things I hate about this game is that there's too many things that are mapped to the same button, or they change the button mapping depending on your situation. Yeah, like sometimes you, it's LB to pull out your gun, sometimes yeah. it's RT. Right. And, and you will end up accidentally, for the at least the first like 10 hours of this game, you will end up accidentally doing shit that... Has major repercussions. So another, hey, you know, we're here for the hot strats, you know, VGA hot strats. Um, And this harkens back. This is old school. Save your game manually as often as you can because you might Mm. need to roll back to before you fucked up. Because once you get like a bounty in this game, like that shit can get expensive, dude. Like I just paid off like a $500, two bounties that were like over $500. It's not easy early game to get $500 in this game. I don't have $500 yet. Jesus Christ. No, I had to go follow a treasure map to get uh, gold bars, and if you get gold bars, you can sell them to a fence for five hundred bucks a piece. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I got in a situation where I had to. I found a guy who just got bitten by a snake. 
I angled the camera just just right to where it looked like uh, Arthur was giving him a blowjob, and then spit out black goo. He's like, "Thank you kindly, stranger." I'm like, "That better be captured." Oh, that better. Oh, I missed it. Well, one of the options uh, is you can suck it out. I'm yeah, just saying. I, well, I did suck I've, it out. I've I'll always suck it out. Situation at least twice now, so yeah. you'll have other opportunities. Well, there's there's oh, one guy I came please. across that he I don't think he'd been bitten by a snake. I think he got torn up by wolves or something, and he was bleeding out. And he's like, "Oh, my leg! I can't move my leg!" And so it gave me two options. One is give him whiskey. Or one was given medicine, and so I chose whiskey, and so he thanked me, and he's like, oh, that feels better, and then leaned back and died. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should have given him medicine. And that's one of my one of my favorite things of this game is, God, it's such a marketing term, immersive gameplay moments. Mm-hmm. Like, this game is full of that shit. To the point where one time I was where, like, one of the legendary animals was, and it's like... And a legendary animal lives here. You can't hunt it right now, though, because there's too much activity in the area because two assholes were camping nearby. And then when I rolled up in their camp, they're like, get out of here or else we're going to kill you. And then they pulled their gun on me and I, I killed them both. And then I could go hunting because they were gone. They were dead. Nice. I wonder if those and guys were my, there my to my hunt. Favorite parts, probably. My, my favorite parts of the game was getting fucking mauled by a legendary bear. Yeah, this same. scene yeah. is better than The Revenant. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that is really impressive. The animation that they have, like... They, they, yeah, they really went the extra mile. You're like rolling around, like it reminded me of the Revenant with like the bears biting into your shoulders. Yeah. And well, what's it impressive? Was like, it was like 90 seconds of me yeah. trying to fin the bear off. I had the opportunity. Yeah, and then after <laughs> that happened, I looked at my guy as he's riding his horse away after I'd killed the bear and I'd skinned uh-huh. him and whatever. And he had, I was most impressed. I had blood all over the back yeah. of my jacket. Giant it stayed claw on marks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like, oh wow, and that stuff stays on you. Until you like change your clothes or go, I think you can you can take a bath and like, th- this mm-hmm. is fucking. How many systems do we have? We have a bath system in the game. Yes, <laughs> which which I preferred, which I which I prefer to an interactive Ricky Gervais performance. <laughs> uh, so, oh, it has those so too. I, oh no! Oh, I did go see a movie. I, I love the cartoons in the first Red Dead. I've I've seen one of them. It's like a Magic Lantern show about how like, how bears learn to hibernate. Like a mm, little I, fable. That's the one I saw. Ah, well, we saw the same yeah. one. <laughs> um, but I, we saw. We should hang out. Yeah, I have <laughs> possibly even do a podcast, <laughs> do a show. Yeah. I, I have some issues with the the horses in this game. I've I've seen the complaint that like you might be just riding th- galloping through town and you just accidentally plow into someone and kill them and suddenly you have a bounty. Yep, uh, that happened to me. There, I lost all my pelts and it was very frustrating. Uh, and yes. and there, there are, of course, moments where, like, just galloping across the countryside and he had a rock that I didn't see <laughs> and that horrible crunch of impact as you go flying and your horse falls I over. I will say, your, your horse, I, I thought that I mean, this game has is so realistic. I thought that would kill my horse when I did that a few times, mm-hmm. like because I would yeah, like too. I'd be sprinting on that thing and then run into a yeah. tree and I'd go flying. The pelts would go flying and then the horse would get back up and I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm gonna brush you. I'm mm-hmm. gonna feed you. Because one thing I will say is <laughs> like, I love you to pieces. I fucking love those horses. My only traumatic horse experience. I had a bounty on my head. This five hundred dollar thing. And I came across no. This was I came across a bridge that had a rival gang and they're like, Hey, you can't cross this bridge. I was like, oh, I'll take all these uh-huh. guys on. Yeah. I'm super powered. Same thing. Yeah, they fucking shot me down, killed my horse. This is when I say you save all the time in this game. <laughs> that horse will not come back. I had built that horse up to like mm. high relationship level. Like that horse was doing tricks for me. I could do fucking skid oh, stops man. like a kid in a BMX bike, like skidding to a stop <laughs> with that horse. Yeah, I had to rebuild all that shit up with a brand new horse because I fucked up, thought I was cool. And they they're not afraid to fucking punish you and punch you in the mouth in this game and like yeah. nope you can't do that no more sick horse Again, wheelies I'm convinced this is all pre-order conspiracy nonsense because this is all shit that wasn't the first Red Dead that nobody was asking for that nobody likes 
but only makes sense with pre-order bonus. Well, to be fair, yeah, I just went back and because I pre-ordered the game and I got that special edition, I get two free horses that are just sitting there in the stable. Oh, nice. One of them, Yuck. a war horse. Guess, was, guess what I named him? War horse? Um, war horse. Yeah. Uh, and then another, another which is a thoroughbred. My, my default name for all horses in all games is Dick Cramp. <laughs> fucking mm. fucking Rockstar hit me with a profanity filter. What? Wow. Well, because eventually yeah, that cramp. shit will be online, and they don't want people to see your dick cramp. Yeah, of, all, <laughs> of all companies, though. Oh. You think anybody's going to appreciate dick companies. cramp? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I typed out, well, it said my horse, and like one of the suggestions on Xbox was a horse emoji. So I'm like, yes, I want to call this horse horse emoji, and it wouldn't allow it. <laughs> but uh, like the, the first time I went to a stable, I was confused because i saw like there's a war horse in here for zero dollars it didn't register that's the pre-order that's your, bonus that's i'm like thing, yeah. what's wrong with this horse i'm not taking <laughs> <laughs> i eventually figured it out and went back for it but there, there was another moment where like you're on the road to strawberry and there's this guy who comes out and is like oh i've gotten lost i'm here from new york won't you show me yes take me to strawberry and uh for whatever reason like you can't give him a ride arthur is just like oh your leg get broken. on my fucking horse you asshole yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it couldn't do that so i was like uh so i'm walking with the horse and he's like trailing along next to me i'm like well this is a little awkward so i get off the horse and i lead the horse it's like let's just both go to walking pace and I'm walking along, and he's in the middle of a sentence, and all of a sudden, he's like, ah, I don't want your help, oh my god, and starts running away. And I think what happened is, somehow, either he bumped into the horse, or the horse bumped into him, and yeah. it registered as a hit, yeah. and he registered as being attacked. Yep, I've done that yeah. so many times where I accidentally will pull a gun on someone after an interaction because of this button mapping issue. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, they'll get pissed off. They'll, they'll be screaming, running away from you. You're like, I just saved you from these other guys. Or I was telling you guys about that thing where uh, there was there was someone who was tied to the back. It was like a woman was being kidnapped, and she was tied to the back of a horse. And so I killed the two dudes that were like kidnapping her. But then I hit the wrong button or something, and I couldn't get to her in time to untie her from the horse. And it took off running, or I might have like shot my gun. The horse took off running, and she's just screaming, running oh, away from me. And I couldn't find her. <laughs> that so i like to think they're roaming the plains to this day <laughs> that's, that's the thing. i remember we we used to ask questions of the week of like what could you add to gta and people were like i want working stoplights where if you run a red light your wanted level goes yeah, up you don't like, want that no you don't you, you thought don't of that you don't want mafia that. this, this game has that, that. this yeah. game has all of that. and that's what this game is filled with and like that's that's sort of what i don't understand and, and that it's so it's so like that's the thing. Like, I, I, if I'm not being overly complimentary, I want to just say this is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in my entire life in terms of the environment and how you interact with it. Up into up to and including, like, you are really against me turning around in one frame. I am not allowed to do that, like I am in most games. You're it's just a quick turnaround thing mm-hmm. that you do in every game. Yeah, uh, that it doesn't allow you to do. You ever try and like hit your horse and you have to take like a really long route around where you can't Ugh. stop your motion? Mm-hmm. It feels it feels twenty years old. Actually, so that is a horse relationship unlock. You can you can no. rear your horse. Yes, you can rear your horse if you build up your relationship. If you hold, I want to say R one or or R B no. on on Xbox, you can you can canter in place with your horse to spin it around. It's that's. How many systems are, are in this game, which is crazy, but also introduces opportunities for one of my favorite things about this game. Let's talk about the jank. This game is fucking janky, dude, and I love the jank. Like, what was that gif you sent me yeah, of, like... So, someone on Twitter, like, there's this really emotional moment where you take this woman to a train station. I won't spoil anything that's okay, okay. part of that, but, like, 
yeah, just a train pulls away and Arthur's just like standing there looking all somber on the platform. And somehow a horse got caught in the train <laughs> and it just starts like rolling through the platform straight through Arthur, who's unperturbed. And then it just, it's just like just getting dragged into the distance by it's this train. It's so good. And it tears apart the train station. All the things you love guess about what? Fallout Real floor. horse physics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that horse's balls flopping around. <laughs> Apparently the horse balls shrink in cold weather too. Dude, I don't spend my time looking at the horse balls in the game. Well, maybe you noted. should, man. Actually, more horse is a female, so Fuck all y'all. She has no balls for me to stare at. But stuff like that definitely does call into question, like, the jank. It's like, how how is it possible that the same product has the this level of attention to detail, but yeah. then also jank like that? This is I what mean, happens when people work 100-hour like, work weeks. Uh, <laughs> it, possibly. And it also seems like it's kind of over-designed in a way. Like, mm. maybe they have thought too much and, like, we need to add this, we need to add that. And, and in that process have kind of lost... What really made the game great I, I in the guess, first place? But that's always I, I been think, in Rockstar. The, games. In terms of the jank, that's what always—it's always indicative of Rockstar games yeah. because there's too many probabilities in everything. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. In the there, options they allow you, such complex games, so many systems, yeah. such yeah. big worlds. Yeah, there's a lot this, that I, I, can I, go I told wrong. Them that course, personally, like whenever there's a, a glitch in your game, it's it's hysterical because like it does operate pretty flawlessly 99% of the time. So when a horse just ascends to heaven like Pookie <laughs> the Rock and Dog, so like that's, that's hysterical. And, and that's the stuff they'll fix. And so that's why I encourage people like play it now. Be part of the zeitgeist because that will eventually get patched out, especially yeah, as they yeah. introduce the online mode. But it, I love it. This is a sandbox game, and to have like that is sandbox yeah. to me is like right. there's opportunities for all these crazy things to happen. But I suppose it, the imperfections help yeah. you appreciate how wonderful everything else is it's in just, a way. It's just hilarious. It's like fuck it's, it. It's you know? a complete package. You you accept like we're we're complaining a lot about all these little things that we notice, but it's yes. really just because like we love this game and we it's found a masterpiece. all these weird yeah. things. And and yeah, like well, like nitpicking is fun. Yeah, that's true. It <laughs> yeah. is fun. We're critics. That's what I, we. I'm do. a wrestling fan. Yeah. Trust no, me, I, I know not, how to criticize. I am not. I, I am not fucking around. I would if I was reviewing this game. I saw IGN give it a ten, which I don't think they do very often. I would uh-huh. have struck this game an entire point on the eating system, not the jank, but like the, the certain certain things they they like rig, rig, like the aspects of realism they expect me to rigorously adhere to like this game was more fun without that previously we have proof and that it didn't help gta at all and it just it reeks of that same kind of hubris i was talking about with final fantasy 13 like somebody should have told you no this isn't fun yeah. this is a dream for you as a developer and a coder but yeah. this is not a fun yeah, game. The, the fact that you have to you have to travel everywhere on your horse and eventually you can unlock fast travel by uh, you can buy certain upgrades to your camp. Although I've done that, and I still don't know how to fast travel. Yeah. It's, it's and still you not can also with the fast system. travel with the stagecoaches, stagecoaches and the trains. But like, yeah, the fact that they make you go pretty much everywhere on horseback, and it basically it feels to me almost as if like, look how much money and time we spent on this game. No, seriously, look. No fucking look. We're gonna make <laughs> no. you look. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna do the uh, the clockwork orange. Hold your eyes yeah. open and look but at. But that's thing. also how you run into fun things just scattered yeah, around. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. It's true. Like yeah, don't. It's true. And, and, and I was complaining about this to you and Michael, and you were right, Michael. It does really open up to where like there's something to do every four or five feet. Yeah. So I don't mind the horse travel that much. It's just the uh, not everything needs crafting. It really doesn't. Like, I don't want to spend any time forging for berries <laughs> to make salve. The, to, the to hunting make my... and the crafting is like, it's this super deep, complex system. But it's almost like 
you don't need to do it, to be honest and with that's, you. That's why I think my percentage is so high, because I don't give a fuck about that. I don't yeah. give a fuck about what what outfit my character looks like. I, I don't care a fuck about my horse. Uh, I just want to experience more of the main game. I feel like, though, I was trying to remember RDR1, because I, I, I was like, man, RDR1 felt more streamlined. But again, I think that's like my rose-tinted nostalgia glasses. Like I think RDR1 was just as fussy in bits. And I did appreciate the fact that I could go back and I did all those hunting. Cha- I 100% at RDR1, mm-hmm. right? And so I will probably do that with this game is like, yeah, I don't need to interact with a lot of these systems. I will mainline the story and then I'll go back. And there is countless hours of time I'll spend just doing all those like little tasks and challenges. Right. And they'll be very fulfilling and I'll love it. It'll be awesome. I was, I was, I got a vague memory of the first Red Dead of like dying and waking up at my house and then taking that slight curve with my horse and doing that 400,000 times. I mean, you don't really have to do that here. And and again, like, uh, as we established in the first segment of this show, this does take a while to get off the ground. You will be stuck in the snow with your gang. And for a while there, like, I think, I think you can wander off on your own between missions, but it just kind of felt like I'm bound up with my gang right now. I have to stick around them. I have to do these missions. But uh, although that is how you get to meet John Marston for the first time. <laughs> yes. And and he's yes. fun to have around. Like, I, I found that, like, when I was in the camp, it's like, that'd be my first priority. It's like, I want to check on John, see how he's doing. Same voice actor, by the way, which I love. Yeah. 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 But no, they, they, they kind of waste no time. Like, that is one of the first, okay, now you're going to go on a mission. But there is, like, a one or two hour segment where it's like, no, no, you are on this critical path. Like, there's no getting off this path. Yeah. They're going to introduce you to the characters. It feels like something... Out of like, oh, um, what was that Hateful Quentin Eight. Tarantino Western? Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Hateful. It feels like Hateful Eight. But I, you know what I love in that scene is like all the members of the gang. And I will, I will encourage people mm. like take the time. Like there's the, there's certain moments in the game where they like, hey, we're going to have a party at the camp. Take the time. Get to know the characters. Or there's, there's this little mechanic they don't tell you about. You can sit down and kind of have these like therapy sessions with some of the girls in the camp. And it might, it might be the girls and guys. I've only done it with a couple of the girls in the camp where, uh, Arthur will just kind of like pour out what's going through his head. And he's like, it's like straight up therapy. He's like, yeah, I don't, he's like, I, I don't know. I'm a bad man. I don't know why I do the things I did. And then he was talking about things I'd been doing in the game. And I was like, oh God, I'm a monster. He's like, I've been killing animals for no reason. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I've been doing that. I got this dream where an eagle flies away and my penis, my penis is in his mouth and I can't find him anywhere. But all that stuff, like, take the time and do that stuff. Because one of the coolest things about this game is the relationship of the gang with each other. And of you with, like, Dutch. And it's almost like, if you know what happened in, in RDR1, it's like, fuck, dude, I did all that to these guys. Like, you feel really bad because I love these yeah. guys now. Yeah, you're, you're right. I call it I call it the uh, fucking crime circus. Is it just like this little circus troupe? I do love that. I love all the people in my in my camp. My pie in the sky ambition is once I finish this to go and replay Red Dead Redemption One, kind of with the new perspective of like who these characters yeah. are. Yeah, as Actually, I'm so, hunting them all down. So Michael and I were talking. Um, let's go ahead and put this out there. Let's make this promise. Like we're we're gonna do a spoiler cast for for Red Dead Redemption. Too. Yes, and so we're gonna do deep dive. We'll go into plot and stuff like that. So. Um, on yeah. Patreon, on Patreon slash Laser Time, there it is. Where the, the 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 second season of Elm Street Nightmare is wrapping up, and you're going to get a, a Halloween cartoon festival. It's a little late now. Uh, <laughs> Ninety minutes of awesome cartoon shit that Disney and Warner Brothers won't let you see for free. It's still technically Dia de los Muertos, so uh, Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Right there. Um, 
but yeah, we, we're, we're going to do that. And so like, I don't want to go too much into thoughts on the game and stuff like that, because I want to save that for, for patrons. But, um, mm-hmm. but I will say, so, so spoiler there on my thoughts though, I did, I went through those, like the, those 12 stages or whatever, like that first night or two playing it, I've come out the other side and this is to me one of the best games ever made. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. games of all time. All I want to do is be, I can't believe I'm still here. I want I just yeah. want to be back home playing this game. I do recommend um, if you're still like me and ancient and have your 5.1 audio system set up and, and, and connected to your game system, do that with this game. It's it's well worth like you need that surround sound or maybe if you have surround headphones or whatever. Like this game fully takes advantage. Like Chris already mentioned, it's one of the best looking games of all time. But the audio, it's also one of the best sounding games of all time. It's I did amazing. want to ask both you. You guys are both playing it on Xbox, right? Yes. yes. I, I, I bought that version because of because Michael was going to be playing it. Eventually, we're going to pretend that we're going to play online with each other. Xbox <laughs> One X. That's right. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm future proofing for that. I didn't even think about that. But, like that's the superior version visually or performance wise. I guess if yeah. their Twitter ads are to be believed, plays best on Xbox One X because that's all I can fucking see every time I open mm-hmm. Twitter. Hmm. You're even lucky. They I have just a PlayStation bundle. Random ads for bullshit on Twitter. Hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, we should we should move on. That's not the only game that came out in the past few days. Uh, Castlevania Requiem. Yeah. We got a double hit of Castlevania on Friday. Yeah. yeah. The the Netflix series and the PS4 collection, which is basically... That is is surprisingly organized for Konami. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was accidental. There's no way that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a properly retrofied version of, uh, if you remember... There was like the the package for PSP that had Symphony of the Night and a like a weird 3D remastered version of Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Um, this is the original Rondo of Blood with an English uh, dub script, which you can you can also have the uh, the Japanese voice acting with an English translation. But weren't you saying it's the script from that remake from the PSP? It is. Version, right? It is, and that script is also in Symphony of the Night, which. I think is detrimental because if you, like me, have it hard-coded into your mind that Dracula says things like, What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. And you don't hear that. You hear, <laughs> like, Oh, faith makes fools of us all, or whatever it is he says. Um, eh. Man always chooses faith over freedom, or are you here by your own volition? So, something along those lines. What, I, what I've heard about this is it's, But the Platinum it's, Trophy is called Miserable Little Pile of Secrets. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. What I've heard, though, is this... So you talk about the trophies, though. Uh, one of the knocks against this collection is I've heard it's pretty bare bones. Like, it's just like, here's the games. There's no... Like, Capcom does these right. They're like, here's concept art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to find people to talk about this game. They're going to do a whole bunch of stuff around it. Whereas this is just like, here's the games. I mean, it is the games. It's also like, uh, you start it up and... There, there's like a surf. There's like a top level menu that lets you adjust things about the games before you go into them. Once you're in them, like you can't do anything that you couldn't do in them originally. Mm. So, like for example, adjusting the voice track or uh, yeah, there's there's one thing that I really wish I could turn off, and I guess you can just by turning like the uh, it, it uses the PS the DualShock controller speaker. So, like, every time you pick up an item, every time an enemy dies, you hear it through the controller. And, and there's no volume modulation on that thing, right? It's always There, there like is, but you, you have to go into the settings. And, uh, like, if yeah. you lower it all the way, then it won't play sounds through it. Uh, God, that and, was but one there's, of... there's no option to just turn that, turn that off in the game. 
I had that option on for Horizon Zero Dawn, and every time, like, I would forget that I had that on every time I'd start that game up, and then it would, like, startle me, like, you hear this, like, <laughs> bring out of, out of the, the, it was whenever I used that little, the, the, the thing in her ear, yeah. you know, the thing that, sca- oh, yeah, that yeah. scans the environments, which was quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, and so every time that would come out of my, my controller speaker, yeah, that controller speaker is not good. It's like it's like it's a <laughs> tiny tinny little thing. Yeah. It's not going to accomplish and, much. I mean, I always play with a headphone so that it's just like a distraction that's happening outside of my headphones. Right. Like, what is right. this? Stop it! Yeah, it's annoying. But yeah, pair that with uh, Castlevania season two on Netflix, yeah. and you got yourself the yeah. the deal little smart, uh, which I haven't even combo. seen. But I watched the first season twice, and it's the best video game adaptation ever made already. And everyone seems to back that up with season two. It wasn't season two written by Warren Ellis, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're both written season by Season one Ellis. was, at least. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and, and I will say, like, even though the compilation uh, could have some more features, like, this is still two of the best Castlevania games, which makes it two of the best games ever made. Yeah. And, yeah. I wish they broke it out, though, because I've, I've played Symphony of the Night to fruition. Like, I've played the hell out of that game. I just want to play Rondo by itself. And I think the only way I can go back and do that is the Wii through, through the, the virtual... Uh, I mean, you can play just console? Rondo by itself on this. You don't have to play Symphony of the No, Night. I mean, just buy it by itself. I don't, oh, I don't okay. need to pay yeah, for the Yeah, it was package. on the Wii Virtual Console, but it was untranslated. So this oh, is the only way to play okay. it translated. I see. Other than, like, a fan translation. I see. Yeah, we get a little bonus content with it. You, you get Symphony of the Night again. Mm-hmm. You know, again. Why not? Sure. Yeah. I'll play it. And it get, could be worse. Get all 200-something percent of that game or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, Call of Cthulhu... Also came out yesterday, and I played a bit of it, and it's a, a Focus Home Interactive game, I think? It is Focus Home Interactive. I believe they're the same people who published the Sherlock Holmes games, because this feels a lot like one of those. But It feels specifically like the only Sherlock Holmes game that I've really played, which was The Awakened, which was a crossover with Sherlock Holmes and the Cthulhu mythos. Mm. So this is, you're, you're a private detective, and you're out to investigate uh, supposedly this rich man's daughter murdered her whole family, <laughs> and she only left behind this strange portrait and this empty warehouse that, you know, these cops and bootleggers won't let you look at that sounds lovecraftian as shit <laughs> that is that is some love is. Why, pretty unmistakably why is, the, why is this the closest closest we've gotten to uh smash brothers per public domain <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's really just like um you know wander around try to solve environmental puzzles like mm. the one that i got stuck on i'm like missing a piece it's like okay there's a trap door in this warehouse and it's attached to a winch, and it's like, okay, I need to find a handle for a winch. I need, for the winch, I need to find a uh, ratchet so that it will stop in place. And I don't know what else I'm supposed to find for it because I can't interact with it any further. But it, well, you got to use the like straw that. to get the coconut yeah. out of the sewer, and then yeah, and you put the lime in the coke, and then you drink a bowl <laughs> up. Yeah. Oh my god, you did not just. I <laughs> mean, Harry Nilsson's great <laughs> classic song. I was going more for classic adventure games, but the Harry Nilsson reference was a nice bonus. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it's that kind of game. It, this game sort of came out of nowhere. Like I, I was looking at the week's new releases, and I was like, "There's a new Cthulhu game? Like what? Like because I yeah. remember the old Cthulhu RPGs are highly regarded. Like a lot of people are like, "Hey, this was what? Ugh, God, when did those come out? Like at least ten years ago. They're they're fairly old games at this point. Mm. Um, the Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah. Well, there's Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth." 
Yeah, that's the one. Which, I think that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, it has a really great sequence that is lifted directly from uh, one of the Innsmouth stories that Lovecraft did, uh, where you're like running through this hotel, frantically locking doors behind you while these dudes are breaking them down. Uh, great, great horror sequence, but kind of falls apart after that. But yeah, the, the new Call of Cthulhu, it is... I. I've uh, read reviews of it, and they say it's kind of like, well, it's, yeah, it's, on the one hand, it's this decent walking simulator puzzle-solving game that is broken up by uh, these really uneven stealth segments where you are you just have to kind of sneak past uh, guards or monsters. and uh, Ugh. Yeah. To be honest, kind of two of my least favorite things combined <laughs> is like old school adventure game elements of just hey randomly combine shit in your inventory and interact. Well, and... It's, it's not it's not like that. It, okay. it really it's like first person walking around and like okay this thing needs to be repaired. Where can I find the things? And you're looking around sifting through the environment. Ah, okay. so it's it's all in real time. It's not like point and click. The stealth stuff definitely doesn't sound like it fits with the rest of that though. I, I feel mm. like if you're going to be sort of a walking simulator kind of game, and I realize that is you know sort of a derisive way to refer to these games, but if you are a walking sim, I would I say just go ahead and embrace it, right? Right? Just like yeah. do your environmental storytelling, but, give us some puzzles to solve. But then, don't if try to insert fucking stealth for some reason. If you're work, walking working in the Cthulhu mythos, like you have to have a threat at some point. You can't just be like, oh, sure, I'm uncovering a mystery. That's fair, but I feel like they could have maybe found a more elegant way to include it than like heavy-handed stealth sections. Although I haven't played the game, so maybe they're not heavy-handed. This is all allegedly. I, yeah, heavy-handed. I haven't gotten that far either. It's just based on whatever. Fair enough. I don't know. I feel like I got my share of good Cthulhu games with Eternal Darkness. Like I, yeah, that was the best Lovecraftian game. <laughs> oh, I think. Man, yeah, I want what a, and what a weird platform for that. Like yeah, GameCube, GameCube. Yeah. is not the pla- it feels like a PS2 game. Right? You can pick it up by the handle when you're done playing it. <laughs> Take it over to your friend Billy's house. <laughs> Throw it out if you want to. <sighs> Um, and you had written Dream Daddy Dad Rector's Cut. Uh, uh, please, give it the respect it deserves. Dream Daddy. Is that the actual theme song? That it's is pretty the close. actual theme song. Yeah, it's pretty good. Dream Daddy. It's pretty good. So the Dad Rector's Cut, it basically uh, has a few more side quests. Uh, you can replay the mini games in the game. Uh, and then they, they added back in some content they removed. And then there's also, I think, a new mini game. Uh, and then the so this is the first time this game is coming to PS4, and I, I guess I should set up. So if you didn't play Dream Daddy, mm-hmm. Dream Daddy is this like text-based adventure game where you play a a single dad who moves into a new new neighborhood full of hunky dads, and the object of the game is to befriend or start dating a variety of dads. And, and it is just a it's super silly, it's super well written. I love like the 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 archetypes they have for some of the dads. There's like, oh, here's the jock dad, but then they have like mm-hmm. goth dad that you can take, yeah. <laughs> or there's like the bad boy dad, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so it'll um, give you a dad rection. <laughs> so if, you, if you guys are dad familiar Rector's with in the, the dad rector's cut, yeah. of course, of course. If you guys are familiar with No Clip, who makes uh, it's uh, Danny O'Dwyer, who used to work at yeah. Gamespot. So yeah. his company, he didn't actually make this one, but No Clip, the entity, actually did a short documentary about uh, Dream Daddy. And it's really insightful to listen to the creators and how it sort of started as this joke about, ah, oh, we're going to make a game about hot dads. Yeah. And then they decided to kind of Trojan horse meaning, I think was their phrase, into yeah. the game where they, like, mm-hmm. secretly yeah. were actually taking this kind of seriously. And, like, there's actual, like, depth to the subject matter. And there's yeah, real they, uh, relationships being built. They and- had a term for it. It was, it was like, cynicism uh, around – it's, like, this wrapper of cynicism around this, this like, actual core meaning of, like, heart. And, and yeah, yeah. Th- this game is – it's – 
it's like a dating sim, but it's not really about that. It's it's just about relationships and building up relationships, and it's really it's really well written and it's yeah. funny as fuck. I would agree with both uh, of those for sure. And if you haven't played it on PC, uh, play it on. It's, it's coming to PS4, and then but if you bought it on PS uh, on PC, do not worry because all the cool new shit you are getting for free if you have that version. So that that's me. Like I played the PC version, uh, or I played a lot of the PC version. So I'm going to go back and now finish this with all the new shit. You so. could romance all those other hot dads. That's right. <laughs> I can't wait. It's it's really funny. It's extremely we, charming. Yeah, and it's like super, charming is a great word for it. Like and yeah, <laughs> it's a dumb game. You have like dad barbecues and you're just yeah, it's dumb. Go play it. It's fun. I don't want to spoil it, but there's one of my like there's a playable Pokemon reference that is unbelievable. Like I'll just I won't delve deeper than that but okay it's great you'll get there eventually don't you... delve deeply into dream daddy i would i would say that you should but i'm not going to here i don't want to ruin anything i don't want to ruin the surprise <laughs> okay all right um and then uh, two games are coming to switch uh, okay go let's play heroes and steven universe save the light uh are both coming to switch and chris i think you streamed one or both of those on the both, laser yeah. time youtube channel when they when they originally came around so those seem like perfect games for the switch because okay go is a beat em up if i remember correctly yeah yeah, it's a beat 'em up with a, a, a an overworld that you recognize if you watch the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Steven Universe uh, is like a kind of a streamlined JRPG that uh, if you're if you're into JRPGs, you can play. Uh, if your kid if if your kid is into Steven Universe, we'll totally understand. Nice. And if you're into ARPGs, not JRPGs, Diablo three is hitting Switch this week, mm-hmm. and it's sixty bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> the best version of a six year old game. Is yeah. it the best though? Because I mean, the console versions are out there. Yeah, well, I think the, the console versions in general are regarded as like the the best. Like I, I hear the the ravest reviews coming from those. I'm sure that the PC version has caught up with them, but I, I feel like yeah, this is like all the content right in one package, and it's for the Switch, so it's portable. So what yeah. more do you want? Yeah, I mean that game, the in the end game, you can do. Um, they have like procedurally generated dungeons and stuff. So yeah, there there's a lot of kind of like. You can play that game in short sessions when, mm-hmm. once you've kind of been through the campaign. So that makes sense. Like that, that would be a good Switch game, maybe on the go. I'm anxious to see how the UI maps or how it actually like just looks on that sc- the handheld screen, you know? Cause I, I, there are a lot of games where I'm starting to have trouble. It's like, God, that text is so tiny on that Switch screen. Like, mm-hmm. uh, even Starlink, which, which I was playing recently that had, really? had that issue where it's like, Hey, the text is pretty small on that screen where, um, that that's just a me problem. The folks like I have some eye issues. Nah, but. <laughs> you're not alone though. I actually played Oxenfree. It's another like sort of walking sim text adventure game ish. Yeah. And yeah, same same deal. Like that game was originally released on PC, and you can tell. Yeah. Because uh, on yeah. Switch, the characters are tiny. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I got that game on mobile. Same issue. But, mm. Yeah. But uh, but in, in UI heavy games like Diablo, that's why I'm like anxious. Like, how is that going to map to the Switch? Which to be fair, they do think about like that's that's part of doing a good port, and and Blizzard does really good ports when when they put stuff on consoles. They think about all this stuff. So, absolutely. Well, it's time to move on to that horrible, horrible sound that heralds our. segment rdr2 <laughs> had the biggest entertainment opening weekend ever question mark sort of the uh, caveat mm, so so rdr2 
uh, sold through 725 million in the first three days, and I'd heard somewhere else that it was 765. It's one, you know, the numbers will still roll in. So three days, 725 million. Impressive, regardless. How could, how could it beat GTA though? Well, that's I, the thing. I love Red so Dead. So GTA Five though. So that was the the biggest entertainment weekend opening. GTA Five remains the biggest entertainment opening of all time. They did over one billion, one billion dollars <laughs> in the first three days, but that came out on a Tuesday, like kind of that traditional game release window. Okay. Wow, what a stupid caveat just to <laughs> put in a press release. And, and the fact that they're oh both Rockstar games, it's kind of like, fuck yeah. you, everybody else. Like, here's our here's our one billion in three days, or our, our seven hundred twenty five million in three days. Either way, fucking suck it, industry. Like. <laughs> We had the greatest ever Wednesday afternoon. Everybody admits it. <sighs> so I guess a lot of you guys didn't stay home to protest this game and then boycott it, huh? <laughs> that's definitely an interesting subject, but that's a whole other podcast, really. Well, yeah. I, I remember there was an old blog that was like stuff geeks love, and uh, it was kind of a play on was like what was it like uh, what white people love stuff white people things white people <laughs> that, love this is stuff the white people yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah what white people yeah. I, I bought the book for my mother yeah. <laughs> nice. did it, she like it chapter 58 the why yeah but one of the the segments the, the entries was like boycotting things and and like it, it just had a picture of like this guy at GameStop buying a game and it's like a geek boycotting a game. <laughs> oh, it's man. like, yeah, we're, we're not so good with, like, we'll, we'll complain about things, but if we want it, the thing will still buy it. So, so my guess is there's two things contributing to this being lower than GTA V. So number one, um, just the cowboy, the Western theme and genre is, is not, uh, it's, you know, there's not as many people that are into that as like GTA. Uh, but it's also only like the technically third, I guess, game in this series, second in the Red Dead Redemption series. Uh, whereas GTA Five is, is, you know, several entries in at that point, so it's just yep. built it had more time to build up steam for that franchise. But I, but I, still, it's, it's no fault of, of Red Dead Redemption. But like my dad heard a GTA coming about because NPR was talking about it, yeah, and CNN, right. and I don't mm-hmm. think they know what the fuck RDR is. I think they're starting to. They're starting to talk about it. And and actually, like, I think if your dad's like my dad, like, he'd be way more into RDR, like, the whole Western thing. Like, oh, I get to be John Wayne. This is amazing. My dad does not talk like that. Your dad is my... Your dad's my favorite prospector. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft Auto also enjoyed the infamy of being a sort of banned product. Yeah, Both, yeah. I mean, pretty much every time it launches, there's some new controversy about something in that game. Red Dead Redemption hasn't really had that same thing. It gives places like NPR something to talk about. Like, ah, can you believe that this video game does X, Y, or Z? That's true. That might be just another well, element. there was something people were talking about before this game, which is related to the next news story here, which is uh, Rockstar devs may or may not have inserted a, a reference into crunch uh, into the game itself so so in uh, one of the game's catalogs inside the cattleman revolver gunsmith catalog uh, there's an ad uh, in, in I, I love that catalog by the way it's like a parody of an 1899 I love catalog. all the catalogs in the game I was With telling the people little ads that you can just zoom in on and read like, so so to damn. go back to the game and we're gonna do this in spoiler cast but read the catalogs read Arthur's journal. And if you have the companion app, go read the journal entries there. It is some of the best writing in the game. It gives you some of the best insight into Arthur as a character. And how really? He, oh, my God. There's a bit where he's talking about um, this woman's little brother. I won't say any more. But he basically says, like, education and his father were the curse of that boy. Like, he's basically just <laughs> like – or, or it's, this other guy is like, yeah, this guy was really troubled over – 
over he must have been troubled over like shooting a man in the back or in his sleep or some other sensible thing like that <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so arthur oh arthur yeah. uh but sorry this reference they, they they talk about in the catalog um it says it the, the gun is made by skilled laborers who work tireless hours each week and on the weekends for little pay in order to bring you the finest revolver in the field today <laughs> which could either oh. be them talking about themselves or to be honest this is like social commentary and just like the state of the working man nowadays. Yeah, it might also be just a statement on the American attitude toward labor that, mm-hmm. like, we sort of have this culture of like, you should work yourself to death for the. <laughs> it's it's almost <laughs> like Japan in the eighties, like, ah, oh, work yourself to death for the glory of your company. That was certainly a thing at the turn of the century as well, with yeah. like the beginning of the industrial revolution, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that meant the factory worker mentality. Like, there's a reason we now yeah. have labor laws. It's because before we had labor laws, people were literally worked to death, yeah. as you just described. Yes. And so the reason. Reason that What's I think a weekend? It, it might be a commentary on American work ethics specifically is that there's also like a thing you can read. It's like, don't trust the work of European gunsmiths. They only work two hours a day in the evening and morning and evening and uh, create a subpar product as a result. Um, and yeah, and then you can buy a Mauser pistol in the same catalog. It's like, this is obviously a much better choice. Yeah. So uh, last bit of Red Dead Redemption news. Um you porn searches of Red Dead Redemption increased uh, by eight hundred percent. What what is in that game you want to see porn of exactly? Cowboy porn, man. I guess. Yeah, man. I want to see. I want to see a muddy debtor's cock. Like, <laughs> that's, that's that's really where I'm at. Mm, so, I hear those uh, baths are pretty erotic. So. Uh, yeah. Actually, that's, that's that's like a cool thing in that game. You can call in someone to help you with your bath. <laughs> and it's it's implied that she's doing something, but it's not explicit, and it's not. Let graphic. me know if there's it's... any place you want me to scrub. <laughs> yeah, and your only option is right leg, lady. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Right. He's just so businesslike. Right. It's like, it, and then there's this like button. It's like chat, and you can just like be like, so how's the weather? Mm. I sound like the dude from Sling Blade. <laughs> it's <not> Sling Blade. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, Arthur sounds a little. bit He like does that. sound a little bit like Sling Blade. He's got a very low voice. <laughs> Some people call it a Kaiser blade. So, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, preserving certain games, and some some games we choose to forget about. Uh, but actually, a court ruling just made sure that there are some games we won't be able to forget about because we get to preserve them. Uh, so there was what? a Library of Congress shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Library of Congress stuff. Basically, uh, there was there was a previous ruling on single player games saying that uh, archivists and museums. They can break server authentication if a game is just trying to ping a, a server just to authenticate. So basically, they it is like it's not just like hobbyists, folks. We're not talking about like, hey, you can rip your ROMs and all this stuff. It's like you have to be like a museum or an organization dedicated to archiving and preserving games. They're saying on single player games, you can do this. And then the other bigger part of the ruling, though, is they let you do it now for multiplayer for MMOs. Like people are now like these organizations are now allowed to archive and keep like archive copies of MMOs which has a ton of implications here's the here's the catch you have to get an authentic like original version of the server code which almost like no game makers like retain that shit because they like overwrite it as soon as they update that server code and Mm -hmm. as they update the so like getting you know like the client itself archive that's pretty easy it's like yeah anyone you get a game you get that but server code the only people that really have access to the server code are like publishers and developers. And so that's super tough to get. But in this ruling, it's saying, no, to archive it, you have to get both together. And so it's kind of like, yeah, you, you can do it, 
we're not going to say how you get this thing, but you can. I suppose that's just to safeguard the IPs. So you have to actually get permission from the people that made it. Well, that's the thing is like, yeah, you would have to get it from a pub or a dev. Right. But, but that's the thing is no one keeps server code around. Like, right. You, you don't archive that stuff. Um, mm. So and, and again, this is not for like the layman. This doesn't mean that you're going to be able to go back and play like Vanilla WoW for free somewhere. This is just Man, for I can like never me. play the Matrix online again. <laughs> well, if you if you visit one of their it has to be like in a mu- basically in a laboratory or museum setting. Like that's where you can play these archive versions of these games. I was working in the lab late. Oh, one Jesus. Night. <laughs> hey, he's he's due. He's overdue for a new no. version of that song. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be? That is the question that Soul Calibur Six has answered because to be is coming yeah. to Soul Calibur Six uh, from a near automata. Uh, <laughs> sure, put the post-apocalyptic nice robot in there. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's cool. It's, uh, it's this was revealed at Paris Games Week. Um, so near automata's to uh, be is going to be a guest character in Soul Calibur Six. That she's going to come armed with her dual blades. Uh, the, the the blades are virtuous contract and virtuous treaty. The names of the weapons in the game are so it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I, what what game was supposed to have Noctis in it? Was that Tekken Tekken Seven? Tekken Seven. That's yeah. Tekken Seven, and okay. he's in there. Yeah. Um, and this one is already the first had Square Geralt. collaboration. Uh, it was, yeah, right. And then this game already had Geralt, so you know mm-hmm. they're they're putting guest characters in Soul Calibur Six. To to the game's detriment, I saw this thumbnail all over my social media and didn't click on it because I just thought some asshole made two B in the character creator. Hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And, <laughs> and, true. Seriously, I, I didn't I didn't see the announcement portion of the fucking URL. Like, oh, it's official. Like, but yeah, then I was like. Yeah. Oh, what's the difference? There have been some pretty convincing <laughs> character creation oh, uh, right. totally creations. Well, and this one comes with a lot of um, like stickers and parts for char- for the character That's creator, the including Sorry, yes. the there Emil. Is a well, and it includes that Emil mask, like that cool, like uh, the very signature, like near is it Yokotaro? Is that the name of the the creator? Of yeah, the yes, yeah. Um, and then so uh, Tubi comes with her own stage, her own background music, which if, I love the music for near, so can't wait for that. She also has a Kane inspired costume, but the only way to get Tubi. Is she comes as part of the season pass, which is a uh, thirty dollars, or you can get her in the, like the deluxe version of the game, which is with ninety dollars, which comes basically comes with the season pass. So <laughs> you get all that savings. Wait, there's no savings there. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so this by the time you hear this, something will have been revealed. But uh, we're recording this a bit early, folks, because it's Halloween this week. So uh, Undertale creator Toby Fox is teasing a big reveal for Halloween. Uh, so stay tuned really? or go check out the Undertale official Twitter account and where he's basically on his account. He's revealed like I'm working on a new project. Sounds like a new game. And the only thing he said is it's he's relying on a lot on fan feedback to help him shape what this thing becomes. Mm-hmm. So if you loved Undertale, which I do, of course, and if you follow Toby Fox, which I do, you should have a big reveal that. Will be, you know, life changing. A life affirming announcement would have been made, and we don't know what it is, and we're going to sound like fools. I'm working, I on know a, what it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is Undertale Garden Warfare, <laughs> and it's. It, <laughs> I'd, I'd settle for a sit around the house with Toriel simulator. Mm. Well, some people were theorizing that I think there's a new Nintendo Direct happening or already happening. Oh no, there is. It's well. the last Smash Direct. Holy shit! Yeah. Really? So, so one of one of the theories is that perhaps an Undertale character. Might be one of the reveals. I don't yeah, know. It seems so. like a stretch. Yeah, yeah. 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 We picked the same surprised. phrase, Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems like a stretch. It's a good one. Good phrase. Yeah. You know what else seems like a stretch? PlayStation Classic. I'm so sorry, uh, but yeah. I don't want to play old 
polygonal games, like uh, some of those games do not age well. Yeah, not like the mm-hmm. 8 and 16-bit era games. But the lineups were revealed this week for both the US pretty, version pretty nice. and the Japan version. And Japan got like, they got an awesome lineup compared to us. Like they get all the cool stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Well, our lineup is kind of weird. And and like I, I remember looking at it and thinking like, why don't they have uh, Dual Shocks? Why why just the old school D pad controllers? Like oh. Tekken three, hmm. I played with a Dual Shock. I thought that mm. was great. Um, and you know something like if they had put Ape Escape on that, it would have been essential. Which is probably why there's no Ape Escape on that because mm. Dual Shocks probably cost more to produce. I'm probably. sure, but <laughs> if you guys don't mind, I'll just blow through the line. Yeah, go for it. So we have uh, Battle Arena Toshinden, uh, Cool Borders two. Wait, hey, cool, yeah. don't say it like that. Cool Borders was great. What, like what? I just was laughing at the sequel and not the original. Uh, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy VII, of course, Grand Theft Auto, the one. Like, not even, we're not talking yeah, like a, three. that's a weird like, thing yeah, to include. Yeah, the, the top-down. The top-down one. Yeah, yeah which was PlayStation Which, which wasn't even important to PlayStation at no. the time. Uh, Intelligent Cube. It, I remember that series, man. I love those. That's a weird thing that's, to include. That's yeah. an awesome choice. Uh, Jumping Flash, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelations Persona, Ridge, Ra- Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and Wild Arms. I remember playing Rainbow Six on N64 for some reason. Wow. Yeah. I know. You guys want to hear the Japanese lineup? Well, I just yeah, also want to say, like, Twisted Metal instead of Twisted Metal 2? Really? Hmm. It, 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 it's a good one. It's a good game, and there's plenty of places to play Twisted Metal Two. I'm just like I'm shocked at uh, Siphon Filter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I kind of forgot about that series. So, I think everyone kind of forgot about the PlayStation. <laughs> Um, so J- in in Japan though they kind of got more you know, JRPGs and then like side scrolling shooters. So they got Ark the Lad and Ark the Lad Two, Armored sure. Core. Uh, then they, they still have Battle Arena to Shinden, uh, Devil Dice, aka, uh, 11, Final Fantasy 11, uh, G Darius, Gradius Gaiden, nice, Intelligence Cube, uh, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller, Parasite Eve, Persona, Resident Evil, wait, was Resident Evil on the yeah, first? Director's okay, Cut, okay, yeah, Director's Cut. Okay, yeah, Oh, but they just got Resident Evil without directors, interesting. Ridge Racer Type 4, uh, Saga Frontier, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Tekken 3 and Wild Arms. So just a few different things. They got that Parasite Eve that we don't get. Uh, I want to say the thing with Resident Evil versus Resident Evil Director's Cut is like a... Oh, God, I can't remember. There's some something very specific about the content, and I think it actually is the same game. It's just named yeah. differently. There's, oh, different what's the story there? There's can... something. God. Yeah, I think the like the director's cut is like, with gore, more gore or something. What well, didn't it come out like a or year later or yeah. something? And it's it's the it same is. game. It, it but removes they, like, the live action cutscenes. It removes uh, the live action cutscenes. Yes, and, uh, it's something like that. Support. Yes, yeah, that, actually, like there might have been uncensored versions of the live action cutscenes where. Yeah. In yeah. one, you're a master of unlocking. In another, you're just an apprentice of unlocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking uh, bullshit. <laughs> uh, you speaking the of master of Jill sandwiches. You want to talk fucking bullshit? Anyone see the, the shot of the new Monster Hunter movie that it kind of leaked over the... Or it didn't I, leak. Uh, what, did Mila Jovovich put it out? I yeah, think I did. Yeah. It, it basically is... It's meant for fans. It's like, hey, no, we're doing this right. We're doing it fine. Never mind the fact that W.S. Anderson is the director on this one. But they just showed an image of her do, uh, holding a slinger weapon. Oh, okay. And so it's like it's like, hey, this is legit. This is authentic Monster Hunter. 
We'll see. It's you can't say, "Hey, this is authentic." When you have a Capcom series starring the woman who has been in the Resident Evil movie series, which yeah, is well, like at, anything but at authentic. At this point, Paul mm. W. S. Anderson basically exists to make nerd adaptations starring his yep. wife. <laughs> that has been his career for like the last ten, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. it's working out okay for him. I'm, yeah, I can't argue with the results. Uh, so. We missed this one last week, I think, but I wanted to, to kind of backtrack and talk about Intellivision announced their new console that's coming yeah, that's, in 2020. Unexpected. Yeah, so Tommy Tallarico, uh, who, if you've been following, if you used to watch what G4 TV, that's how I know Tommy Tallarico. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the, the. Or go watch video games live. That's a good yeah. thing. He, he's the CEO of the company, or he heads it up. Uh, he revealed this at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So the thing that's different about this game or this console is they are going out and saying everything we're making here it's for family so everything's supposed to be e-rated uh they were talking about like it's pushing like the best in 2d graphics mm. um it's it I, has a price it, point it has that, a bunch of exclusive remakes of classic right, and television right. games exclusively for this system and then other classic remakes that make me think like oh jonathan brandstetter and his whole data east revival must be on board because like bad dudes oh. is one of them mm. and a few other classic data east burger time yeah yeah, yeah. and so everything Everything, if you go to the website and check it out, you have the full details of the announcement. Everything on there, though, has this, like, it's this, like, modern old school feel. It's, like, they even, like, copied the controllers, which they were not good control. Like, those were, like, those controllers looked like TV remotes. Like, they had this, like, little dial thing and then a number pad. So they still have that, but I think the dial thing is, like, touch... Touch it's, it's a now? circular touchpad, yeah. and then it's got a little touch screen that can dynamically show different buttons. Right. The Which thing is, is though, yeah, that's neat, and it's wireless Bluetooth. I think it it might support wireless charging. Yeah, I think is, okay. I think they're going after like people with families who used to play games way back in the day. Uh, this thing is being offered at like a very family friendly price point. It's like one hundred and fifty back in the day. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like <laughs> I grew up, and I'm old people, and I grew up, and I knew people who had these, but they were like hand me down consoles from several years prior like yeah, even right. then yeah yeah and so, I, I think and i even think michael saying the term uh in television classics is an oxymoron <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, that does not exist i don't know this i can't help but get a bit of an ouya vibe off this because they're even talking about like the games are only going to cost a few bucks each I mean, like I'm, it's, if, if i'm being honest i'm getting more of a uh like that that's hurry well i was thinking the retro console that uh was infamously just a jaguar shell with super nintendo oh, parts yeah that that was that was like a scam though this doesn't feel like mm. a scam to me this has no, like it, many it, of the original intellivision folks it involved. doesn't feel like a scam but it does feel like a similar idea that was maybe picking up on the demand there right and saying like uh yeah we're gonna have uh games that are exclusively for this it doesn't have the whole angle of like they're going to be on cartridges they're yeah. not going to ever be updated or have any <laughs> online component that was a little weird it does it does have a little bit of that it's yeah. they're basically saying like no dlc for the games although it is a connected yeah. console so you can theoretically patch them because i can't imagine putting out a game system nowadays where you couldn't patch games because i'm sorry it's, things ship kind of buggy and it's become know. the standard. Yeah, yeah. So day one patch is kind of your release at that point. I don't know. I'm willing to wait and see to give it more time, and, and I'm anxious to hear more. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's a wait and see kind of situation for sure. It's an odd one. Like, maybe when we see it in action, we'll be like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. But right now, it's just kind of like, 
All right. Yeah. Sure. I'm not sure it's for us. I don't think yeah. we're their target. Like, yeah. you, you don't yeah. go out there and announce something at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and you know you're not going after like hardcore game fans that are just playing yeah. the latest and greatest new releases. It's like that's a very specific o- it audience. It sounds like they're yeah. They understand that this is a niche product. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's so. it's like what the sell text on their website was something like this is the console that parents want to buy, yeah. not the one that they're asked to buy. To be honest, I don't think it's... I think... So as a marketing dude, what you t- what you tr- usually try to do is you'll start with your core, or your your more niche stuff, and then you broaden from there, right? And so I think it's it's very deliberate. Like, you start with this audience, and then you, you try to expand. And a lot of the talking points, like, in their release gave me, like, a Wii vibe, where they're... I think what they are trying to reproduce is the success of the Wii. Yeah, and they do... The motion... Or the controllers have motion yeah, controls, yeah. so... And so it's, it's, it's built all around accessibility and stuff you can play with your family, and I'm just not sure how much that is going to be... I don't think you can do it again. I think the Wii was, like, the special circumstance that was just a product of its time, and, and mm-hmm. like, the fact that, like, motion controls were this new thing, and the Switch is already out there, and, and but yeah. even the Switch... People were playing the Switch way differently than they used to play the Wii. Like you're, you're not but calling. But conversely, people over. I can I can see tricking rich people into thinking they'll be rich on this product that's like the Wii, <laughs> and therefore making yourself temporarily rich uh, by adding this name brand. So it uh, is a it. scam. Just the target's not the consumer. <laughs> yeah. it's investors. It's investors yeah. got it. This is a I huge mean, scam. I fully endorse that. <laughs> I do kind of feel like the the market for this sort of thing has change and like there there is room for this sort of product because you could say like well it's not in the console race it's not competing directly with switch and ps4 and xbox one it's competing with nintendo classic it's competing with phones it's competing with these kind of smaller more casual gaming devices but that's that's where i think like it can't compete like so nintendo Mm. classic maybe i think it is going after that or we're, we're talking about the playstation classic I don't think it can compete with phones. I think that's yeah. what happened to that audience that was playing Wii games is they're all on their phones or, or tablets now. And so and odds are that OS will be completely compatible with whatever phones have anyway. All the Trinity <laughs> horse shit. Uh, and, and if it doesn't have Mr. Driller, who gives a shit? <laughs> Mr. Driller is the best game on the fucking PS1 classic. Mm. That game rules. The best game ever starring Stewie Griffin. I mean, it is a super good game. It's just a strange one to include. I bet it's Mr. Driller awesome. I love it. would run really well on EA's latest announcement. They just <laughs> unveiled their own streaming solution called Project Atlas. Uh, this was revealed by EA CTO Ken, Ken Moss in a Medium post. A lot of people are doing these lately where they're like revealing stuff via Medium posts. But um, mm-hmm. what this is, is it's a combination of engine and services game development platform and just corp speak warning, folks. There's going to be a lot of marketing, fucking corporate s- synergistic all kinds of marketing speak flying around in this, but um, and we'll try to tone it down a bit. <laughs> so, uh, so he described this in his post as it's a vision for a cloud-native gaming future, uh, where basically players are going to install a thin client. <laughs> I know. Why not laugh? You've already lost like, me. I kind of <laughs> think I know what that means. I gave but you I'm not no, certain. No, that's the point. It's like politicians speak. Scott's like it's the least cynical person here, and he already giggled. You're supposed to. You're supposed to like think that he told you something, but he's actually not telling you anything. This yeah, is, this it's is, got that vibe for sure. So here's how it's supposed to work: you're going to download a thin client, and then you're going to log into games running in the cloud. All right. So okay. a, lot, a lot of people do this already. Sure. Like Microsoft announced their streaming solution. Google has their little beta for Assassin's Creed going on right, right. now. Uh, so there's a lot of people playing around with this. NVIDIA has a, has a thing that they're rolling out. So it's it's cloud gaming. Uh, but what makes this different is it's not just that. 
and this is really where they lose me. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> so uh, EA plans to use this new tech to, <clears throat> and I quote, enable deeper person- personalization and to eventually create a world full of user-generated content, blurring the lines between the discrete domains of game engines and game services. Great. Uh, yes, because sure. I can't wait. I can't wait till they say my Pepe the Frog helmet and anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, be amazing. that's where I went. What? When, once he said user-generated content, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? To like to what extent yeah. and discreet? Uh, to, so where we utilize free labor? That's that's the yeah. Well, that's oh, kind of what oh, it sounds oh, like. Oh, here's some free labor. So uh, one of the things they're touting is AI is a big component of this. And what he was actually saying is, can you imagine where currently the way games are built is like there's artists that that produce all these assets and it's it's a time consuming process and yeah because it's fucking art I get it <laughs> he's like but imagine so the AI people would just produce one asset and then the AI would take it from there and produce all these assets and it's like yes please I've seen those AI drawings of things like those <laughs> nightmare fucking hellscapes of like just nothing but dog eyes dog eyes <laughs> yes! dog eyes everywhere <laughs> please please that's what I want in my game please make that happen. <laughs> That should be the first title on the platform. Dog eyes, dog eyes, dog eyes. So, but this is real. Like, this sounds like some, like, nah, this isn't a thing. He basically said there's over a thousand people at EA already working on this Project Atlas. Wow. So this is the, like, streaming, we've talked about a few times on the show, streaming is the future of games. It's just a matter of when, like, internet infrastructure and all these things will catch up. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can bet if EA is out there doing it on their own, and this isn't, like, them relying on a first-party solution, they're like, no, fuck it, we're going to do it. That's the future of gaming. You're going to pay publishers some, like, probably a monthly fee or something like that to get access to their platform where you're going to be able to stream whatever games you want. So It'll be interesting to see if this plays out more like a platform race or a format race. Like, is this going to be Blu-ray versus HD DVD, or is it going to be Xbox versus PlayStation? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the for- it's all in the cloud, though, so there's like there's no format, really. It's just mm. kind of like, hey... So it can, can be like, oh, our- download Origin and, like... Buy our shit. We're not going to let you buy our shit through anything else. And so, like- so we were having a chat at work. Like, if if VR kind of gets its shit in gear and lives up to its promise, like that's the thing. You you won't be able to do VR stuff in the cloud for in forever, right? And mm-hmm. so, like that could be. Yeah, you will still need to buy the fancy, expensive hardware for your home for stuff like mm-hmm. VR, and then just general gaming. Could be, I don't know. Uh, you know, I want gaming to be like at the end of the Ready Player One movie, where everyone's wearing uh, lightweight VR headsets that are presumably streaming large amounts of data over radio waves right next to their brains. And, That's right. And running around in the street not tripping over things. <laughs> uh, and that's all the news that's fit to play. Wow, that's a lot. Well, let's get into the community segment. Always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what would be your weapon of choice? Uh, in in the haunted wild west to take on an army of zombies, vampires, ghosts, goblins, ghoulies, etc. Scott, you weren't here last week. Did I was you? not. If 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 I asked you that question, would you have a ready answer? Not really. Okay. Maybe uh, I don't know. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking like a yeah. nuke or something. That's a good like, one. Yeah. Damn. I feel yeah. like my let's just go all out. Just like dig myself a hole and like survive in my little mid out. You know. Old West Bunker and just nuke them all, I guess. I <laughs> worked in Return of the Living Dead. Sure. Yeah. Or am I getting that name wrong? Which which is the 80s one, One of Chris? the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, well, Braden Cross has his own ideas. Says, I can think of no weapon better suited for wiping out hordes of supernatural baddies than the Thunder Gun from Call of Duty Black Ops. When triggered, this weapon makes a satisfying boosh sound boosh. as it emits a... 
powerful wave of compressed air that sends anything in front of it flying, often smashing into walls or ceilings. This thing is a beast. There are no sights on the Thunder Gun, but it affects a large area, so you just have to aim it in the general direction you want to obliterate. While it might be a bit cumbersome, as this weapon is big and has to be stationed over one's shoulder, the Thunder Gun shines in its ability to decimate large hordes of undead in a single shot. <laughs> I'm just, this makes me think. There was this gun that they used to sell on ThinkGeek that I had that was like an air bazooka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it was like, we had a couple of those around the yeah, office. Yeah, you, you just had this like rubber membrane that you would pull on the back, and it would just focus air into like... I can only describe it as like a tangible ball of air. That mm-hmm. I've yeah. never, I've never had anything like that where you could feel like from across the room, someone would just shoot it at you and just you'd feel this like cannonball of air hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a hygienic dragon spitting at you, <laughs> <laughs> or farting at you. Yeah, he said hygienic. <laughs> yeah. <it's> not... <laughs> Drew Van Randen says, "I'm going Ash style, sawed-off shotgun and a chainsaw. Yeah, it's two weapons. I'm pretty sure that Drew is cheating there, but." Uh, he continues, Evil Dead and its sequels are some of my favorite horror stuffs of all time. Evil Dead 2 is in my top five movies in general, and if Ash can take down those deadites with t- with those two weapons, I think I could put up a fight as well. You know, you know what? Dave and I were talking um, on the, uh, uh, the Elm Street Nightmare. We're, we're rounding out the end of Friday the 13th, and we just believe that the end-all, be-all of Friday the 13th is going to be the game. Like, there's going to be remakes forever, but they're never going to be rewarding, and they're not going to meet any audiences. And we started talking about games like this and Ghostbusters that are kind of a swan song to the franchise that Mm. just happens to be in the medium of games. Mm. I believe we'll get the next best Ash appearance in video games, and we'll never get another good Ash movie or television show. Isn't it that the... um the original concept at one or at one point the Freddy versus Jason movie was also supposed to involve Ash and there is a comic yeah, in the where comics the three it of them, does. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the three of them go head to head in the in the comic. And it might happen in games, who knows? I don't know. But like I, I, I do predict Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell said he's done with the character. Everyone should be ashamed they didn't watch Ash versus Evil Dead somehow, including me. Uh it's a great show and I do believe that has one more like one more gasp at life in video games. Mm-hmm. God, I guess we'll find out. Anyway, Justin D. Cole says uh, a super soaker filled with holy water is lightweight and efficient. Uh, the scene in the, in the Constantine movie where he beats a room full of demons uh, by blessing the fire sprinkler water supply uh, has been <laughs> underrated for a while, I think. We discussed that in a recent laser time. Like, Constantine, DC has made much worse movies than Constantine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a ring endorsement. <laughs> No, it's that's okay, great, guys. It could be Justice League. That's a great scene too, because you see what he's doing. You're like, "What's he doing with this water?" And then he just addresses this room full of like demons who just look like human beings, and he's like, "You know, you're you're in breach of the of the treaty and all this stuff." And he's like, "You need to get out of here." And they just stare at him. So he gets up on a chair and just gets the fire sprinklers to go. And all of a sudden, these demons is like holy water, and they all just start to fucking melt. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, no, he can he wouldn't be over there. He then gets out a shotgun and tears the room apart, dude. It's 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 actually a really good scene. Yeah. That's a good movie. I know, bless foo. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Peckham says, this may be cheating as it's not quite from a game per se, but being the Ghostbuster that I am, I'd have to go with Venkman's Old West Proton Pack from Ghostbusters Displaced Aggression. It's not the greatest Ghostbusters comic from IDW, but it's pretty fun to see the guys adapting their equipment to various time periods. 
Egon was sent to the far future, Ray into Arthurian times, and Venkman was sent to the Old West. Winston kind of got the shaft, as always, uh, as he was shunted into a dystopian version of present-day New York. Venkman took a lot of his adaptation design from Clint Eastwood's The Man With No Name, and the pack itself is not quite into steampunk tech, but resembles something Doc Brown would have made during his time in 1885. Great Scott! <laughs> Those comics can be really fun, by the way. And uh, on Twitter... Uh, by responding to Video Game Apocalypse at VG Apocalypse, uh, Swamp Posting says, I- "I'm gonna have a weeb answer. The Punisher, which is Nicholas D. Wolfwood's gun from uh, Trigun. It's a giant crucifix filled with guns, a bazooka, and other surprises." <laughs> yep, that's a good uh, one. Covers all the bases, huh? <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, at Blacksmith Gamer or Gammer, since there's no e there, says, first weapon that came to mind is one from an FPS way back in 2004 called Painkiller. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Painkiller. Yeah. It's the stake launcher where you basically load a small tree trunk into the weapon. Once shot, the stake impales the enemy to whatever surface it's unlucky enough to be standing in front of. Yeah. That was the big thing in 04. It was like, check out our stake tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of games had that. Like, fear had the... the yeah. st- you know, you the... can stick things to other things. Yeah. This is a post-Half-Life world where it's like, look, physics! Mm-hmm. At Dub Deej from Twitter says, The Sword of Dawn from Symphony of the Night. Hey, that's appropriate. He's talking about it. It's a sword that summons skeletons. Some of the skeletons have guns. <laughs> nice. It makes little to no sense, and it makes me so very happy. Happy. Plus, it's spooky. It sounds uh, like it sounds like a weapon from Enter the Gungeon, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, from VidigameApocalypse.com, first responder, laser time rules. Uh, if I were stuck in a haunted old west, my ideal weapon would be a BFG nine thousand uh, because I don't play by the rules and I can kill anyone and anything, <laughs> all out of bubble gum, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. By the way, light tease, Jason X, as if it couldn't be worse. They have a BFG reference in it. Jesus huh. Christ, <laughs> Jesus. I'm all out of bubble gum, but I came here to chew. Oh, chew ass! <laughs> that's another, can you believe that's another plug? A week after Halloween, thirty years ago, uh, they yes. live premiered in theaters, and uh, yeah. Diana and I were going crazy. Nice. Holds up, still good. Yeah, Love that still movie. fun. God bless John Carpenter. Uh, Raccoon Hale says, A horse, but not any horse. Specifically, the second horse of the apocalypse from Undead Nightmare, War. This is a horse that has nearly infinite stamina, (laughs) is extremely fast, and lights every enemy it touches on fire. Finally, as icing on the cake, it's a fucking horse. And as medieval warfare taught us, you can win battles just by riding people down. Screw being a rider on a pale horse. Give me war. Let loose the horse of war. Would you mean war horse? Hated that don't understand. <laughs> uh, Sleepy Vay says, if I had an option of swiping um, a weapon from another game, I'd go with the Vampire Killer from the Castlevania Ooh. games. I, I figure a whip would be incognito enough in that setting and leaves me a free hand to wield a pistol or some form of religious paraphernalia should that be effective. If lore gets in the way of that, then maybe the Alucard Spear from Bloodlines or the... You dead, undead uh, killer from some obscure ass light novel that never came to the states. Great, great <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, Blue Mage One Twenty says, "If I was stuck in a haunted version of the Old West, my ideal weapon would be a human shield because fuck that guy, he knows me." <laughs> You're gonna love Total Recall. <laughs> and finally, Chief Pigum says, "Easy." I would just use my silver load. Oh, filthy, <laughs> filthy, filthy boy! Disgusting! I love it. <laughs> so, new question of the week: What's a game that took a while to win you over, but when it eventually did, you were obsessed? 
doesn't need to be a slow start per se. It can be a game you had to play multiple times or on a new platform, etc. Hmm. Hmm. See, that's the thing. I'm really fucking stupid and can <laughs> barely read. And I had a really hard time with turn-based RPGs. And my first one ever is Final Fantasy X. And I worked backwards after that and I'm still working backwards to this day. I mean, honestly, 10 was not a terrible place to start. Yeah. It's like no, an intro no, I know, to... I know. Like, it's, you picked a pretty good one, man. I know, but but Babby had to be rewarded with a giant CG play every time he did something right. Yeah. Oh, but they were so lovely. In the I PS2 days, really those good. graphics were incredible. You know oh, I love Blitzball. If I could surf those cables again between blimps, I definitely would. There's a talk <laughs> radar from long, long ago where I defend Blitzball for like I 20 Blitzball. minutes. Michael, wow. just you should have seen the look he just gave me when I said I love Blitzball. I love Blitzball. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's impossible. You're wrong. Shaking my head. <laughs> You're wrong. Fucking, my hey, lips. Waka was in Kingdom Hearts, okay? Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we are literally... A good case. We are, you guys are experiencing Stockholm Syndrome, and everyone feels bad for you. <laughs> um, um, wow, MGS5 is, a, is one for me that hmm. really stands out. It's like, yeah, it, it did take a little while because that, that, that opening is a doozy, but uh, <laughs> once it gets going, like, yeah, this, this was a game that I sunk almost 200 hours into it's still really amazing another one might be stardew valley which Hmm. once it got going like it was it was like a a terrible addiction that was impossible for me to stop yeah so i already mentioned one of my earlier in the show so twilight princess was totally one of these titles for me Mm -hmm. so i i will actually say though the witcher 3 so witcher 3 is a game i knew i would love like i had no doubts like it's like the game that seems custom made for me i started it and got about an hour in and saw some of the systems and, and, and saw, hey, the story's going places. And I got overwhelmed and I got scared. And I said, this is going to be my life for the next two months and I have too much shit to do. I have to put this down. And this happens occasionally. Like we get busy and we're like, this, this game is oh, going to yeah. be massive. So I, it took me though longer than I thought it would. It took me like at least a year and a half to come back and play the game. Mm-hmm. And when I did, my prediction came to fruition. Like it, that thing, took over my life and not only that game i had the two huge dlc packs sitting there the hearts of stone and blood and wine and so yeah that was like a good maybe 200 maybe maybe 300 hours like all in like i played this shit out of that game and i loved it and it wasn't like it was bad and i didn't want to play it it was intimidating and so i said i need to save this for when i can give it its due so for me i'm gonna go with uh gran turismo Turismo 3 A spec. It's pronounced Grand Turismo. No judgments here. No judgments. Scott, I had the same experience with that exact same game. Right? Because so it was like super highly reviewed across the board. It was one of those like must have PS2 games. And I had played racing games. I was like, I'm a fan of racing games. And this is (laughs) apparently the best one on the platform. And I I hadn't played either of the first two games. I didn't really know what I was getting into. This was back in like 2001. Yeah. So I was. uh, I I got the, the bundle. So like I got this is my only game. And I'm like. Okay, this is what a what a racing game is. This is what a racing game is, and it's somewhere in like the seventh hour. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, it's see that's the thing. At the beginning, it's unbelievably frustrating, just simply because it is so demanding. You have to go through all of these trials and earn each of these licenses. And mm-hmm. I wanted a game where I could just like hop right into all these cool cars, yeah. and like I wanted you know Need for Speed. You basically. wanted Ridge Racer, yeah, and, or, and, and, and you got a, out. you got a racing sim with that game. Yeah, so when I discovered it was a sim, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm too bad at this. I don't have yeah. the patience. I'm never playing this again. But of course, I was young and didn't have a lot of money and didn't own many other games, so eventually I had to go back and play it more because I didn't have other things 
things to play. Sure. And upon like revisiting it much later and just kind of forcing myself to play it more and more, I grew to appreciate it more and more and I just got better yeah. at it. And once you, yeah, as, as Chris pointed out, once you get deeper into the game and get past that initial like learning curve of yeah. figuring out what Gran Turismo is all about, uh, it becomes the amazing game that everyone said it was. Right? It's, 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 it's a learning curve though. It's not just what Gran Turismo is all about. Like, they literally teach you, you have to get your licenses. There are principles I learned in that game that I use to this day in like Forza. Like they, they show you this is the proper racing line. I remember the manual, the instruction manual of that game showing you like, here's when, here's how you break into a turn. Accelerate and here's out. how you accelerate out of a oh, turn. Yeah. I use that to this day. And, and if I you, use that in real life. If you, if you play Forza and you play with the, the braking lines on and stuff, like you will see those lines are exactly what Gran Turismo taught you. Like that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, dude, it's still a video game, so it's not like exactly like driving a car but it's as close as you're gonna get in a video game and like that yeah i've never had a game to this day that i'm like i can't i'm carrying lessons from this game 20 years later still using those in games it's insane yeah i I, I still remember like why is my 1997 yellow integra the greatest vehicle (laughs) in the entire game because i spent so much time reworking it (laughs) yes what the fuck you could tune the shit out of anything in that game. Yeah, and if you were someone like me who didn't really understand cars, that was another overwhelming aspect of the game. But I eventually learned enough that I was like, okay, if I do this, right. it goes faster. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... <laughs> that's, it's, that's the it's, thing. It's, I, just, I got there with that car and like never was able to perfect it. So just <laughs> winning races in a 1997 Yellow Integra. So it, is, it is maybe the quintessential example of a game that demands a lot of its players, but rewards yeah. the time you put in. Did you ever do the endurance races? Oh, no. God, no. Oh, God, yeah. The <laughs> Talk real about time, not respecting your time. You know, thanks. Like, those were, like three to four hour ordeals yeah. just going in around laps yep. like it was insane i remember watching my friend get it done with a rubber band to the both analog sticks that was amazing <laughs> that was really amazing. well yeah. the ones i'm thinking yeah. of weren't just the ovals it wasn't like nascar style yeah, yeah. Like these, these were things it was, it was, it was only like, the first game where you yeah, could do that yeah. but like it, it could be done you just like pull right and just walk away was it a version of gran turismo that had there i feel like it was a gran turismo game that had a version of le mans the 24-hour race in france jesus and it wasn't a real-time 24 hours but it was like many actual hours i guarantee you that was like a marketing bullet point too i can't remember what game this was and i'm not even certain it was a gran turismo game but it very well could have been it was there was a le mans game i did again on this episode of 3310 this week there it's the 10th anniversary of Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm, the first one. Oh, yeah. I go to the Wikipedia, and I'm like, here's some information. I'm like, huh, what's the citation on this? Oh, it's me. <laughs> I interviewed nice. the Japanese developer, and I have I did this cool thing and remember zero, nothing. I do not know when this happened. It's like a dream. I have no idea when I did this interview, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty much built the Wikipedia with my fucking quotes. Man. I have no idea. Welcome to middle age. This is going to happen to <laughs> oh. you more and more, dude. Oh, oh. Yeah. But it's a nice feeling to see yourself quoted on Wikipedia. Like I, I've, I'm probably forever intertwined with Don Flamenco from, uh, <laughs> from Punch-Out for saying like he's a Terrible example of uh, Spanish stereotypes that we're all just a bunch of hot-blooded uh, he-men or whatever. I, I I'm quoted remember. on King Hippo's page because of an article I wrote called Gaming's Greatest Fatties. I remember that. Which should keep me from making content on the internet at any point in 2018. <laughs> uh, but I'm so glad I'm my own, I'm my own boss. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what's a game that took a, a while to get its hooks into you? 
but that once once it did, uh, you couldn't put down. Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 288. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at the official Laser Time community. There will be a thread mm-hmm. started there where you can answer. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. That's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Scott, is there anything you're working on you want to direct people toward? Still currently unemployed, so mm. just looking forward to getting back to work next week. Mm. That's about it. It'll be interesting to watch how that changes. <laughs> Are you saying I'm going to get fired again? No, I'm well, saying not fired. Gonna, My company's going to disappear. May, you may end up missing unemployment, is all I'm saying. Like, eh, weirdly, I haven't but, enjoyed it, honestly. It's been stressful, no. like job hunting yeah. and like not knowing where your next paychecks come from is a pretty yeah, weird but, thing, especially when your company collapses up front of you and you don't get severance and it's just yeah. an overnight change actually i'm being flipping everything about unemployment sucks except the copious free time that you get yeah and it's unfortunately thing i missed. i wasn't even really able to enjoy it but i but i do agree that having free time like sleeping in i've been yeah. sleeping in a lot it's been great oh so, weird oh, not getting a paycheck in the most expensive place in the united states to live is stressful <laughs> yeah. i never would have imagined can't right? imagine yeah but yeah, so my plug is sleeping in. Okay. Nice. That's a good plug. I highly endorse that. I also highly endorse our Patreon, where if you go to patreon.com slash laser time, you will get access to what we were talking about earlier. We're going to do the Red Dead Redemption 2 spoiler cast, but you have to unlock that tier. You have to unlock the $9,500 a month tier. You're going to get access to that. We were also just talking. We did not forget about the Spider-Man spoiler cast, but we're waiting on you folks. But Michael and I were just talking about timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that the DLCs are coming out, we're talking about, hey, we need, we need to figure out and get those in there as well well but we need you to hit that goal so help us out and you're gonna get access to all this cool shit and as always we're not necessarily asking you to give more money but if you're not giving us any money consider kicking five bucks a month for real for real it's 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 less than a big mac extra value meal Mm -hmm. and the thing the thing i was teasing that i was very excited about was that i got to host a, a cartoon shorts thing at a local movie theater uh i basically rebuilt that for you and have hid I would say dozens of dollars of uh, IP, <laughs> of, <laughs> of copywritten IP uh, behind a paywall that you can then watch. I can't post this on YouTube, hmm. but uh, a 90-minute animation showcase of spooky stuff. I know Halloween's technically over, but it's still November. Uh, until until December, it's still cool. Check sure. that shit out. You, you want to watch skeletons dancing around and goddamn Edgar Allan Poe stories? Uh uh, oh, fucking Ichabod Crane and Runaway Brain. Like, see it all in uh, beautiful HD. Check it out there. And yes, we are wrapping up Season 2 of Elm Street Nightmare, a 10-part series of the life, work, and legacy of Jason Voorhees. We are right here. Uh, we are uh, we are smack dab in Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> Without a doubt, the worst <laughs> fucking movie I've ever seen in my whole life. I and did know that That was existed. my gateway to the series. I can't wait for you to hear that episode. Um, but we have a bunch of other fun stuff in store, including a bunch of commentaries and ex- uh, a bonus time where uh, it's an episode about genealogy. I don't want to tease it any further than that. But what if you find out tomorrow you have a brother? Uh, that's what we're talking about. Um, but uh, yes, and then and then in addition to that, the Halloween shorts showcase, which is is really fun, and uh, I tried to do the best I can with uh putting that i wanted to make it a thing for patrons to see but it was a thing to, that i did live and like if you're ever in the area again seriously I, I hope to do it again for christmas come check it out awesome well as always you can hit us up on twitter uh, at vg apocalypse or me personally at wikiparas thanks for listening everybody you've been a great audience we'll see you next week bye
I saw on the uh, info sheet that uh, you are introducing yourself as Mad Dog. Is that are we doing cowboy names or wrestler names? Whatever you want to do, baby. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. I'm keeping it appropriate with Red Dead. Okay, okay, cowboy names then. You could do whatever you want. You could do it related to a news story. You could you could be a politician's name. I was gonna do the Sunrise Skid. That works for me. Yeah, nobody laughed though, so I may not use that. That sounds like you should another be the name. Skid mark, yeah, that, that sounds like another name for having the shits in the morning after drinking. Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> it's a sunrise. It's a poop skid. joke. It's a, it is a poop. <laughs> you correctly identified this as a poop joke. <laughs> All right, that's my specialty: scatological humor. <laughs> poop joke.